everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Scrafty. And I'm Tom. And today, we have episodes 43 through 45 of Digimon Adventure 02. We are winding it down. Uh, these are the most out-of-left-field episodes yet. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot to say about them, but before yeah, we do... As, as we approach the end of the season, it seems like they're... they're uh, feedly grasping at straws trying to think of a, the best way to conclude it so we're getting like three <laughs> arcs compressed into one arc essentially yeah it's a lot it's a lot it's a rush it's a rush job but you know it's enjoyable in in some ways and less enjoyable in others <laughs> i guess it's a very generic statement um <laughs> but um you know i've uh i find these interesting um you know we were expecting it to be messy um it certainly is that um, but it's uh, yeah, I think we're gonna have some fun. The ways in which it is, it is decided to be messy. I suppose is the best way of putting it. Yeah. So before we start, uh, Scrafty, I believe you have some news. Yes. Uh, play a little news beeper because we've got some exciting news for all you digi heads out there. A couple product announcements made today, or I guess this this past week, as of um, when this episode goes live. Uh, so, I know the few of our listeners are fans of the, the Figure Eyes series of, of Digimon model kits, so exciting news for all y'all. They just announced a very fancy-looking Machine Dramon one. It's got, like, tons of really, really cool, like, translucent parts, and, and like, you know, the cans can fold in and out, uh, its claws, like, open and shut. It, it looks very nice from from what I can see in these promotional pics. And, like, you know, of course, these are promotional pics, so they're probably painted and panel-lined and all that. But regardless, it looks awesome. Apparently, it's going to be out later this month. So, really looking forward to napping that myself at some time, because I've, I think I've said a few times that Machine Dramon is my favorite of the Dark Masters. They also announced that uh, a new V-Pet is being released uh, in the international market. So, like, this one's not Japan exclusive. It's coming to, to America this summer. However, the Monkey's Paw Curls, it is the uh, X-Antibody series of V-Pets, which means you get the really edgy redesigns of, of uh, a few of our favorites. The, the versions they showed off on the on the announcement stream were Wargramon X, Beelzemon Blast Mode X, Metal Gururumon X, and interestingly enough, Megidramon X, which is not one that I expected personally. That's cool. Megidramon's yeah. pretty mean, cool. Yeah. When you say uh, edgy... Like, quite literally edgy. Like, those things just have edges and points everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they, they all look... I say this as someone who's a huge fan of, of, of Gundam. They all look like Gundams, kind of. Like, they're very, like... They've got a lot of hard edges and, like, flat panels and, and whatnot on them versus the more, like, I guess, rounded um, designs that most of the originals have. Like, even Wargreymon, like, it's got all the curved uh, lines on that design versus the X one, which is, like, almost exclusively straight lines and hard edges. Yeah, I mean, I just linked, uh, for reference, in our Discord, the picture of Middle Guru Mon X, who I think is actually, like, a pretty solid design, all things considered, because it's also, like, bipedal, like, where Guru Mon. But even still, it's just, like, it's just a mecha. It's just a mecha. Yeah, that, that it's very Zone of the Enders. That's the kind of vibe I get yeah. from, like, yeah. um, from that's, the That's the perfect Metal way of putting Mon it. X. It's not really the same thing. And, like, you know, I think... I think there's kind of like an unwritten rule, as we'll get into into in this episode, I suppose, um, that uh, bipe- bipedal Digimon are just going to be considered cooler than the quadrupeds. But I don't know. I kind of liked that, you know, Metal Gurumon 
returned to basics, as it were, when it became mega. Yeah. Um, so it's actually this kind of flies in the it's, face. Of that. It's really good, but I just I just hate the rest of like I hate ninety percent of the other X any bodies. Like there are a few that are good. We talked about them before, but yeah. Digimon no, design you. tends to be quite consistent, and the X X variants are hilariously anything but. <laughs> like in terms of their quality and like even just like the design philosophy or whatever. I don't know if that's too high fluting a term to use when talking about these, but um, it's it's very like I don't know. It's just all over the place. It feels like they got a bunch of guest artists and like it's a gacha game or something. Like. I don't know. It, 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 the vibes are off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, all, you know, all of them are guest artist designs. I'm pretty sure, so that makes sense. Ah, well, there you go. That explains it. Or at least, at least the majority of them, I want to say, are all like guest designs. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Do we have anything else in the in the the digital frontier to uh to cover? Or uh, yes, there's just two two small other things. Let's get with it. So the first is uh, they asked a new. Um, this isn't like one of those model kits. It's just a figure. Uh, it's one of the part of the figure arts series. Ooh, yes. So rather than figure rise, um, but it is Alphamon uh, Uryukin, which is the one that has like the really cool um, wings and like huge glaive. And I'll I'll just send some some pics of that in the in the chat for for you both to see. Uh, it looks very fancy. Um, also very expensive though. It's like a hundred and twenty dollars for this thing. So. See, that does look cool, but also I don't care about uh, Alphamon enough, and also $120 is a lot, especially for a Digimon I have no <laughs> affinity for. Yeah, if you're one of those uh, you know, huge Alphamon fans, or if you've already got the Omegamon one and you just want to have its eternal rival uh, to pose together, there you go, Like that's the, this is your chance for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Let's yeah. <laughs> see, Alphamon... I don't know. I, I just associate Alphamon with Try, which is, you know, not going to win you any any, any favors. Yeah, not, so. not the most <laughs> not the most flattering association. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so that's a, that's a shame. Uh, also, we have we already have, like, Omnimon Schwartz or whatever, so even, even like, he doesn't even have, like, the cool black collar or whatever. He doesn't even have that going for him, really. So, you know. So, so it's all the performance down. Sorry, sorry, Alpha Mom. You tried, but <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's interesting that like like they, they obviously introduced Omega Mon first, and then Alpha Mon is kind of like an afterthought. Like it was like, oh yeah, we should probably give the the Omega and Alpha to to be a counterpart, but it doesn't. They don't really share any like aside from the cape and Alpha Mon being mostly black to Omega Mon's mostly white. They don't really share any design details, and I feel like that's a big of a, a bit of a missed like a missed opportunity. <laughs> Sure. In my yeah, brain, like, Chaos Mon is more of a, a counterpoint to, to Omega Mon than Alpha Mon is, because like it's the same thing, but a virus instead of a vaccine, and um, you know, it's got the two different heads uh, as hands as well, and like a cool scarf instead of a cool cape. So yeah, I don't know, it just yeah, it just feels like a, a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I I would agree. It's just it feels like just like a nondescript dude in a way compared to Omega Mon's. <laughs> Uh, very like, very iconic design. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, a lot, a lot of the Royal Knights kind of have that vibe for me. If I'm going to be honest, <laughs> like once you get to that level of like, oh, these are all just like <laughs> shiny, well, knights, I suppose. But you know, Magnamon and Omnimon, and <laughs> you know, plenty of plenty of them have character. So mm-hmm. some of yeah. the ones that don't, I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, um, I really like that they're still doing these these like figures and stuff. The merch train doesn't stop rolling. 
which you know is cool if that's something you're into so um as for me yeah i think the price is probably a bit, a bit too much even if it was a digimon i'd give a give a hoot about so uh i'll stick to like the more like <laughs> lower end nendos and stuff like that yeah i i just wish i just wish they released ones that of like digimon i liked more honestly that's it yeah it is it. yeah well I've been hoping for a um a Dark Dramon one for ages. I would I would love to have a Dark Dramon figure. That would be good. I mean, I would just kill for like a Rapidmon one or like a Mega Gargomon one, honestly. Rapidmon would be really cool. I like I feel like there's a lot of potential for like transform like almost like Transformers style figures of Digimon. I feel like this is something I oh yeah, back in the day I I I think this has come up before, but back in the day when I was younger, I did have like a transforming Gururumon into Wegururumon figure, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I had a, like I had that. two of those. I had two of those. I had yeah. Gilmon into Gallantmon and uh, Imperial Dramon Dragon Mode and Fighter Mode. Yeah, I had that one, and the only other ones I had were some of the like uh, armor forms who you could like shape back into their egg, which was like way less exciting. But also, I like the armor <laughs> forms, so like it was still it was so good. So cool. Well, was there another was there another announcement? Another bit of news you wanted to go over? Uh, yes, there's just one, just one more announcement for everyone, and that's that um, new Digimon just dropped. <laughs> new Mon dropped again. They for the second dropping. week in a row. For the second week in a row, yeah, we've got um, this. They released this chart for one of the dim cards, which is like the the sim cards for the um, <laughs> the Fitbit things, um, which are officially coming to America. By the way, if you, if you didn't see the news, those are those are coming out soon. Uh, they're already sold out on Premium Bandai, so you got to either deal with scalpers or wait for them to restock. But yeah, I I'm really sad I missed that. Yeah, good news for everyone. Uh, they so, yeah they announced one of the the new expansion dim cards on this chart. There's three new mons uh, that haven't appeared in any of the series before, and that is uh, Hyarimon, which is the um, the in training form, so like the little uh, like penguin made of ice with a drippy nose. Oh my god! There's Frozomon, which is Sadly, not Simula Jackson is some kind of like snowblower machine type, um, with like snowmobile treads and um, like a visor. It, it looks kind of weird based on the sprite here. But I, I want to see its full art before I judge it. Uh, and then finally, a new mega called uh, Frost Velgamon, which looks like it's maybe related to uh, either Valdermon or uh, Velgamon from uh, Frontier. So that's I'm gonna guess Velgermon because uh, Velgermon's uh, Japanese name is just Velgermon like that. So yeah, that's, this is probably like the alive version. Yeah, like the the ice version. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, any anything that's in like the Fujimon adjacent family is uh, is good people. So <laughs> in my <laughs> yeah. in my book, so. Exactly, yeah, this, yeah. This this also has a uh, Fujimon on this little uh, instruction manual. So you know what? Yes, you gotta love it. <laughs> you're yes. you're contractually obligated to love it. You're yeah, yes. Using Got these, it. you can have di- you can have Fujimon, and then eventually you can end up with this one of this new one of these new ones. So I'm feeling it. I can't believe I can't believe that Fujimon can become Daipenmon. Like it can become That's... a giant penguin with popsicle sword. <laughs> That's awesome. That's incredibly good. See, I'm more confused about Fujimon becoming a Cressamon because like that's that's just so out of left field. It's like it's it, like the edgy teenage phase or whatever, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think at some point they just decided um, they wanted Dianamon uh, to just be like the be all end all ice type. I thought Dianamon was like like the moon or how because like Lunamon. 
Oh, it is, yeah, but like it's at some point in like the you know marketing um, timeline, they were like, "This thing is like the ice type that we're going to represent." Screw Ikakumon and that entire family. They we're all this is the ice type now, and it's weird. The, the disrespect. Yeah. The blatant disrespect. The blatant disrespect. Is it Ikakumon ice? He's a, he's it is an, an ice element, or like whatever water. Yeah, they're, they're part mean, of the ice <laughs> fang family. Yeah. D- Deep Savers uh, covers, like, ice and water stuff, so... Anyway, oh, okay, that's... so it's not like a... Yeah, they, they recognize they're the exact same thing on, like, on my Pokemon. <laughs> so, fair <laughs> enough. I guess. I guess that's fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so this is, that's all the news we have for this week. We should get rolling with the episodes, since we've got a lot to cover, but... Um, we do. Interesting, yes. interesting times abound <laughs> to be a fan. They seem to be doubling down on their, their uh, marketing efforts for, for stuff, which, you know... I can give or take, but I know some people enjoy stuff a lot, so here's your chance to enjoy more stuff. Okay, so uh, speaking of Ikakumon disrespect, should I cover episode 43? Go for it. <laughs> there is sure. an Ikakumon disrespect in this episode. There is. There's a, this is the <laughs> Jabathon. Ikakumon is Yeah, this, this is the begins. Jabathon. We've started now. Jabathon begins. The Royal Rumble is here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, take it away. One phase is going to be put over. So, episode 43, Invasion of the Daemon Corps. So, this starts off right where the last one ended. They're all back in Japan. The beginning of this episode, there is like three conversations happening, but none of them make sense. So, I'm going to skip that. And I'm sure there is some weird dub and sub translations, like mishaps that Scrafton can fill us in on. So, basically, all the kids go home. When Ken gets home, he feels like something is happening, but he's not sure what. We see a flashback, or, yeah, a flashback of what is essentially the ending of Digimon Adventure Zero Two Tag Tamers, the Wonderswan game, where Millenniumon is defeated, he shoots out the Dark Spores, Ken does the get down Mr. President to Ryo Akiyama, and takes the Dark Spores, and that sort of you know, is the, the lead into the events of Adventure Zero Two. And then after that, it's the next morning, all the monsters are gone, except uh no they aren't, because we now have some new enemies here to join the fray. We have Marine Devimon who attacks a cruise ship like wedding, I guess. Lady Devimon who is throwing poorly CGI bats down a tunnel to mess up drivers, and we have Skull Sadamon who is going full green goblin in Japan. So the group sort of starts to fight. You have like all the old Digidestin and all the new Digidestin sort of like going to their areas to fight. Like some of them fight Lady Devamon, Samarimon guest appearance, and Ikakumon slash Dudomon fight Marine Devimon to no avail. And then you have Skull Stadamon who is kicking everyone's butt. Eventually everyone sort of convenes in this like big square, I guess you could say. And Skull Sadamon corrupts the data of Imperial Dramon Dragon Mode with his nail bone attack and basically does this to everyone of just one-shotting everyone and being way too fast. And this includes the likes of, you know, Magna Angemon, you have Wergarurumon, Metal Greymon. E- everyone is just getting their butts kicked by this one rando ultimate All the warriors. Level. All of them. Everyone is getting just thrown out of the ring with no sweat, this dude is just they're 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 making the new they're making the new heel. So eventually, Imperial Digimon Dragon Mode is just frozen, and 
he can't do anything. The original Digestion's ultimate Digimon go back to rookie forms because they have been in the real world too long. Again, I'm using this with air quotes, like very, very large air quotes. And before they get sent back to regain their power, Agumon, the other other original Digimon, uh, give their power to Imperial Jumon, and he mode changes into fighter mode, which is the the big stand-up cool guy. He's got the, the laser arm, he's got the dragon chest. And so this is when Skull Sadamon goes full Green Goblin. He's holding up the bus of ki- uh, full of kids, ready to throw it. But of course, fighter mode, straight up Positron Laser one-shots him, which leaves a lot of the kids sort of, uh, you know, a little bit shocked because as covered early in the episode, which we'll go into more in depth, Ty and Kari have a conversation about how from here on out that they have to get used to fighting real evil Digimon. And for Kari and TK, no big deal. They already did that. But the new kids haven't. So it's going to be that little bit of a struggle in this sort of set of three episodes. So after the kids are saved, they all think it's all fine. But Daemon comes in and he's like, Hey, Ken, I need your dark spores. And Ken's like, what? And then Arukenimon just straight up comes in with a giant truck, opens it, and is like, Hey, I have a bunch of kids. Get in this car. Or else. And so Ken gets into the back of a giant truck filled with a bunch of kidnapped kids and uh, Yukia Oikawa, and they drive off, and that is where the episode ends. <laughs> All right, this one. What? <laughs> this one has a lot of. <laughs> this going episode on, which... is so I... bizarre, but first of all, I just want yeah. to say real quick there is a, a fake Yo Lee voice in this uh, episode. You this you was, this was a CIA psyop. <laughs> Could not wait Look, to get to this. Um, you, uh, did, okay. you did an alright job. Uh, hold on, let me get the let me get the name. Is uh, Bridget Hoffman? Uh, Bridget Hoffman, you did okay, but you are not Yoli. This was a CIA psyop. This was uh, this was propaganda uh, enacted by the deep state. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say that she was probably ill or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm guessing. I feel like I don't know. I it's think, the same I think she situation did a where. Do you do you remember in in season one during the Edelon arc when like. For half an episode, inexplicably, uh, Wendy Lee voices Ty, like, for no yeah. reason. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing. Like, they, they recorded <laughs> her lines, and then, for one reason or another, she either wasn't available to come back and redo them, or um, they didn't have enough time to get her back. So, they just used Bridget Hoffman, who was in the studio doing something else, and had to record all those lines. Yeah, that seems like a possibility as well. Yeah, definitely. Or like someone just someone just spilled a load of water on the like the tape that they had for <laughs> Yolay's recording, Yolay's lines for that session or something. I don't know. Like, I, it's funny that that happened. Um, and something you could definitely get away with back in that day when, you know, people weren't quite as, you know, meticulous about who voices who in anime just yet. But but yeah, when it's, Yoli it's, didn't it's, have it's, stands it's, to get mad on her behalf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> the 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 it's it's funny that they um it's funny that they had to do that, but like I think overall she does a good job of like sounding like the same voice actress because I didn't really notice. I on I, I have to disagree. In, she apparently... sounds like a, she sounds like a very generic. Like I feel like there's a cadence to like Yoli and like how she talks that this voice misses, and she just sort of sounds like generic, like excited girl. <laughs> yeah, great value yoli great fun yeah it, it's great value yoli but like like back in the corner like where it's like okay like if you if you really had to like there are other great value yolis in the store 
but like this was the last one. <laughs> we have Yoli at home. The Yoli at home. <laughs> no, I need a real Yoli. <laughs> Things I say every yeah. day as I go to bed. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, I guess it happens. So, just to be clear, is it is it from now on? Is it for this point forward, or is it just this episode? No, it's just this no, one it's, episode. No, it's literally just one episode. Okay, I might need to go back and have a watch again just to see if you can pick up on that. She she is present in this episode, but like this, actually, come to think of it, I'm I, I guess Davis is probably like the central character in this one, or I don't know, like it's it's everyone's kind of involved and. It's kind of, yeah, it's a bit messy because, like, you've got Ken stuff, you've got original Digi Destin stuff, you've got Ty talking to Kari like it's an episode of Evangelion or something. Like, it's really, it's that's really a real, weird. like, that's like, a real, we're gonna, we're gonna go in depth on that because that's a good part. So, don't yeah. you dare. I don't know if that's like a dig or not, but don't you dare. I'm gonna dig on it. Yeah, no, we, we should we should talk about that right now because honestly, it's been uh, bad actually to... before before we get to it, no. I need to ask Scrafty what was going on in the beginning of the episode because I had to rewatch that like four times because Davis is like saying ran like dude is speaking in tongues and everyone is confused, especially me. <laughs> it's so. I I couldn't help you with the dub. That still is extremely weird. Like. He he says in the dove he says, um like I can't believe us average kids are overworked and underpaid, even though I'm way above average. And then he mentions like a doctor and everyone it's... is like looking at him like Davis, like, are you on dust or something? Like what is going on, my guy? It's it's so just, really weird. I just wanna know like if you if you took any notes on what was said in, in the sub because Yeah, so so in the sub, um, it's, it's just like, it's just like dialogue. Like they're, um, as soon as they get back, Daisuke says, okay, so like, we're not done. Like there's still something to come. So we should rest up and prepare, uh, for whatever that is, because it's better safe than sorry. And then everyone's kind of like startled because it's like, wait, you just said something really smart and insightful. What is this? <laughs> so and that just like makes that. everything even more confusing and weird. Uh, yeah, no, it's a very weird change. Yeah, like that's not even a weird. That's a nonsensical change. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick up. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I feel like it's, especially if it's like early in an episode and like David starts talking, and my brain just like defaults into like, oh, this is gonna be some dumbass dialogue because it's like J- David's gonna be joking and stuff about you know how cool he is or whatever. <laughs> so like, yeah, he does the line where he's like. I'm well above average, and, and and for some reason my brain just interpret that that as all right. You can go, you can go take a nap for the next two minutes or so. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's really <laughs> Which is weird because they do good with him in later episodes in in what we cover. Yeah, so yeah, it's he, just like they have right. him be like an idiot for no reason. Yeah, exactly. I like the part where he goes, uh, "They should give me my own TV show," and I'm just thinking. You've got. They your already did, show. buddy. <laughs> That's like when, like, he looks at the thing. camera and like winks, and you have the studio audience like whooping, like super loud, like <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is so much like this is so much Davis's TV show that at the end of this episode, all the other Digimon just go, "Well, fuck it, we'll just we'll just give our power to him." <laughs> they just they went on they, they went like... on strike, and Vmon and Warmon like <laughs> crossed the picket line. They nerf themselves so that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they nerf themselves willingly 
so that it's more like they took a pay cut so that 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 imperial imperial Jamon could get like a two Christmas bonuses or something like I don't know. <laughs> I hate it. Like, it, they just need a Christmas so, bonus. It's so strange. Like they, I feel like it's just strange because like while they're in their ultimate forms or whatever, they're still getting their asses kicked by school Satamon, which uh, by the way. Not sure how they got away with that name, but props to them for yeah, doing so. Yeah, I can't, I can't um, believe they got away with that, but they had to change Demon to Daemon. Yeah. Wait, we're... oh, it's supposed to be Satan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sata. Sata. To be, to be honest, though, by the I, end of the I episode... I just thought it was just a... I, I didn't even... I just thought it was a name. I was like, I don't know what Sata stands for, like Satellite School Satellite Mon? <laughs> School Satellaview Mon? Okay. Go off, King, but... That'd be funny. Um, but before no, the, we get to... Uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, the... I've lost my train of thought now. Um, the, what I was going to say was, yeah, so they're all getting their asses kicked by uh, school Satanmon. And they're in their ultimate forms anyway. So, like, you know, Fearit and, and Imperial Jamon's there. So, like, yes, okay, so it makes sense that, like, Imperial Jamon will power... You know, that's one option you could go down. Power up to take on the others. I feel like it's a bit of like it's a bit strange to say. Oh, there's this enemy now. There's this, this enemy who, by the way, came in a group of others and didn't didn't particularly stand out as like better than any of the others for whatever reason. He's shown up and he can tackle all the ultimates. Surely it should be a case of like everyone else slowly beginning to like level up some more as well. Not not have not have everyone else permanently level down. <laughs> you know they can only go to champion form. Even even Magnet Andromon is like. Huh? And school Sadamon yeah. just hit, and it's like, come on, like, could you make it any more obvious that like everyone sucks yeah. now except Imperial Dramon? Yeah, this is this is the start of a grim precedent in this franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um... this is the level where power creep goes out the window because school Sadamon is just an ultimate level Digimon. They literally had how many ultimate level Digimon there? Yeah, they had, they had a like, lot. They had like ten ultimate levels. Plus, uh, Aquilamon and Kilomon, like, come on, like, that's ridiculous, yeah, like, this, that's too no much even for me. There's no satisfying, like, reason for, like, why... The path that they chose to take to introduce Imperial Jamon fighter mode, and I do, I do appreciate that it can't be the easiest thing in the world to, like, try and write an interesting show or whatever, and, and also incorporate these various like merchandising based elements but i don't know i feel like the the power up is like a standard of like anime or whatever especially digimon like they could have done a better job oh definitely well we'll just have this one digimon show up who is automatically like ridiculously powerful even in the face of like eight digimon and i do i do i do kind of like that he was fast and that was the reason he was powerful because that's not something we've seen a lot of i just I just but, wish he didn't have the stupid cartoon not... sound effect. Every time he moves, it's like a chum. <laughs> it's like that, yeah. that killed any menace he could have had because he sounds like <laughs> no, a fucking I, Speedy Gonzales. That's Dallas. the only part I liked about it is that he's just the <laughs> dumb, fast guy who's just like, hey, hey I'm so fast. He's just Green well, Goblin. It's, it's, it's funny, but like it's not satisfying. Like, yeah, he he just shows up out of nowhere. Um, that I mean, it's a po- it's not just a problem with this one. Like, it's called Satan by himself. It's a problem with, um the like daemon core as they call it and daemon himself really like the the background for these this new like force isn't even introduced like black war Greymon kind of ended up being a waste of time but like at least he had like an actual introduction and origin and they got into like his purpose or whatever like these these are just like hey here's some cannon fodder and then they even make it clear that like oh these aren't even related per se to 
Mummymon and Arikonimon. They're not like it's not like their boss finally showed up to kick their their asses for being incompetent. It's actually a case of no, this is this is like the NWA or whatever. Like they've just entered in uh, to cause some you know to cause some force independently of what Arikonimon and Mummymon have going on. So kind of weird, kind of an odd choice. If this show had more than like ten, not not even ten, like eight episodes left. There'd be a lot of potential there, but because there isn't, then there isn't, and there can't be, and it's just a mess. Yeah, and plus, Lady Devamon was beaten last season. She was beaten last season by Andrew. Yeah. Like, it's not like you can even be like, "Oh no, Lady Devamon is such a huge threat" when she was beaten by Andrew Wilmond and uh, Mega Kabuterimon. I mean, like they had I trouble, like the- sure, but like it's like. You could have had like all three of them, like Marine, Devamon, Lady Devamon, and Skull Sadamon there, and like like fight yeah. and like maybe like they had trouble, but it's literally just Skull Sadamon that's just like <laughs> I win. I find it hilarious that they teased like a rematch or whatever, which does kind of happen, I suppose. Between it does kind of happen uh, between Angemon and uh, Angewormon, sorry, and Lady Devamon. But like it's kind of like we already saw that fight happen, so you're kind of doing it the wrong way around. You can't tease the fight and just be like, "Oh, well, I've got to bounce, catch you later, or whatever." Like, you know, you already had that fight, so yeah, they do fight again later, but it's not quite the same when it's Selfie Mom against uh, Lady Devimon. Although we'll get to it, but I thought that was I thought that was a neat fight. But yeah, I, thought, I just thought it was funny that they sort of like referenced back to that and, and then said. Made it made out. Like, I got hyped cat, for the cat do fight. Again later. I wrote, I wrote, cat fight, cat fight, cat fight in my notes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's get it. See, they actually cut the cat fight in the dub. Is the thing? There what was did a cat we miss? We missed the cat fight. There, there was a cat fight. Yes, it was cut out because it was too inappropriate for Western audiences. Meow. Oh well. Fair. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um. Yeah, if they have to in, do yeah, that, in, I'm sure they In the sub, they have reasons. a little bit of a slap fight. Like, just slap each other in the face, and then um, Lady <laughs> Everyone pieces out. Didn't that, that happen sucks. last season, too? It, it did, yes, but it showed it last season. It doesn't show it this season. Okay. At least well, we're, season, we're still like, holding L's, so... She's, she's like, shooting, you know, Celestial Arrows at her, and she's using, like, cool bat powers and stuff, or doing some of the weird shit Devimon did back in all the way back in Season 1. Not just, like... Ugh, like slapping each other around the face. Ugh, that's kind of crap. Anyway, that's 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 yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. Um, speaking of not great, and sort of speaking of, well, okay, Sloan, you you seemed like you wanted to save this until you were like ready to talk about it, but I oh, can't. I, mean, kind of... I I so I I don't mean to talk so much during like this particular episode, <laughs> but there was a part. Uh, if you both don't mind me going forward, at least, about how I had talked uh, right after the Digimon Emperor arc about how there is a very notable difference that we sort of get into, but we don't see a lot of until like now about the differences between the original Digidestined and the Zero Two Digidestined that I really like. And they if they finally go into detail in it here with this talk between Ty and Kari, and I absolutely love this scene, honestly. I think it fucking sucks. It's so... <laughs> tonally wrong this show for this show for this show specifically because okay so this scene might work well in like tamers or something like that where they go into a bit more detail about like you know the nature of like life and death and you know what that means and stuff like that and this show 
this has touched it a little bit. So they've done they've done some like decent. Um, they had some episodes with like, you know, there's the whole thing with like the the black, the uh, not the black, sorry, the control spire. I forgot the phrase. Sorry, the control spire. Control Digimon. Spire Digimon. Yeah. So yeah. they had those, and you know, you had the arguments about like, you know, oh, we can't kill Digimon, but which I thought was good stuff, and it kind of got dropped for a bit, and then suddenly we've got this episode here, where. It's not the fact that they brought up the subject again. It's the fact that you have Ty in a dark room, like, basically standing over his sister, being like, it's time to fucking kill some Digimon carrier. And he's just like, whoa, where is <laughs> no, this I come from? It, I like, think it's, it, I think it's explicit, great. I it love the ex- mood of that setting. I love how serious Ty is in this. I can't agree with you. This this show has not earned that mood. Like, the, the, you, you cannot have halfway through... This show, which has been, uh, I'm not even talking about the like the changes that the dubs made and so on. Like this show hasn't been like entirely lighthearted. In fact, it has touched on heavy subjects and so on. But as much as I didn't like, for example, like the Ken, you know, the Ken like grief episode. I, I suppose that I can't think of the best way to describe it, but the one where he's basically coming to terms with his his background and you know his role as the Digimon Emperor and stuff like that. That one, right. whilst I wasn't a huge fan of it because I thought it was very messy. I don't think it was like tonally inappropriate per se or anything like this. This thing really sticks out in an episode which is just otherwise like fairly standard fare. Like it's just uh, it's just really strange. And yeah, it reminds me a lot of like the fucking getting the robot scenes or whatever, <laughs> like Evangelion. <laughs> like it's so strange. Um, and it's it it, it they have this dynamic between Ty, Ty and Kari that we've never seen before, and we have this character characterization of Ty which we've never seen before either. Like. You know what? You know what would have made this work a lot better for me. Matt and TK use those characters instead because the characterization here fits Matt way more. Okay, I I can agree with that. Yeah, TK TK gets paired up with Cody later on, and Cody was the one who was the most like adamant about not you know not never killing Digimon, and and he's the one most affected by it, as we'll see next episode. So. That would have worked a lot better, but yeah, no, it's just not—it's not in character for Ty to be that person. So, you know, it's—it it just struck me as really strange. Again, it's mu- it's much more the execution here than the actual fact that they touched upon it, because yeah, it was a decent thread, and I think I was also taken a taken aback by how long it's gone untouched for, and only to suddenly come back again here. So, so yeah, that's kind of my my thoughts in a, in a nutshell of what made me really dislike the scene. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so sorry if you can go into more detail about how you felt about it, that'd be interesting to get that other perspective, uh, but more of your perspective. Yeah, I if you both don't mind, I have the uh, the quotes for like this scene. I'll go, go over real it. quick. So yeah, so it's between it's it. between Ty and Kari. Ty starts off, so what are you going to do? Uh, Kari, I don't know. Do any of the new kids know what you're up against? I don't think so. You may have broken some dark rings, a couple of dark spirals, but your group has got to be prepared for what you know is coming next. Kari says, well, we destroyed Control Spire Digimon. How about that? And Agumon butts in saying, I know they looked like real Digimon and fought like them too, but they weren't real. They don't have hearts, you know? And Ty says, Agumon's right. Can these new guys make the tough decisions we made? And Kari said, we're just kids, Ty. And Ty says, you're not just kids, you're Digi-Destined. Kari says, I know. 
Ty says, yeah. soon you'll have to fight real Digimon and you're going to have to win or innocent people will be hurt. I think that's really great because it harkens back to the Myotismon arc like very well of how, I mean, when, when in Adventure, in the original Adventure, there was a, the fact that the kids there, ha- it was basically a, a survive or die type of situation. Like they didn't kill a lot of Digimon, but there was still the fact that like they were just straight up evil Digimon who they had to to fight and stop like not just like controlled but like just straight up evil malicious Digimon and the most that we had in Adventure Zero 2 so far was something like Chimeramon or Arukenimon and Mimon who as we remember from the bug episode uh TK even recommends like let's just capture Arukenimon and hold them someplace like she doesn't even say like he doesn't even say like, okay, let's just just straight up murk her. He's like, okay, let's capture her. So it is sort of like they've sort of gone back. Even the young, the kids who were there before, TK and Kari, are sort of like going back to like because they've spent so long doing this. And Ty sort of has to be like, no, like it's sort of like Ty. I feel like it's Ty remembering like Myotismon and like the Dark Master stuff of like, look, like you have to be ready to do this, like do this hard stuff. Like it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. But especially the other kids who are not used to it, like, are you guys going to be able to do this? Or, like, even more so you can hone down to Ty being like, can you and TK do this when it comes down to it? Because someone is going to have to. So I I really like that because, like, again, like, I I think there's a lot of impact in uh, the lines of, like, we're just kids, Ty, and you're not just kids, you're Digidestin. Like, for some reason, like, that hits me pretty hard of, like, yeah, like, they... They didn't obviously pick, like, this destiny, of course. Like, they didn't choose to be Digi-Destined. But they're sort of saddled with that burden. And the new kids, the Zero Two kids haven't realized, like, what that fully means. Yeah, like, yes, they've saved the digital world. But they were only, like, bystanders in, like, the events of uh, Odaiba and across the world. Like, they aren't truly understanding, like, this impact of, like, what they have to do until now right okay so the thing is when you read those quotes it reminded me of a few things that i'd actually forgotten which or forgotten to pick up on rather which was the fact that this conversation is very like it's ty talking to kari about here's what you need to do you know you need to be prepared for this i don't think you're ready for this but you need to be and kari is very much like well you know like she's basically on the other side of the argument essentially which she shouldn't be, because Kari is one of the original digestant. Yes, she showed up later. Yes, she was younger. But she has been through that. You know, she fought with the rest of them. She fought Myotismon, who died, and Dark Masters, who died, and then Apoclemon, who died. So, like... Yeah, I mean, I think you know, it's, it's she's also, been, like... She's I think when it. she says... So, sorry, need, sorry to interrupt. I just want to say, when she says we're just kids, Ty, at least I'm interpreting that as her talking about Davis, Ken, Yoli, and Cody more so than, like her and TK even, like, because she but knows she, what she has to do, like, she has had to do it, but it's like, the other kids haven't, so, I'm sorry, I just needed to, to put in, like, it. my view of it, so, so go ahead. We She went through it when she was younger than she is now, younger than Cody was at the time, and she was with kids who were, like, the same age as she is now, you know, like, Ty and the rest of them. So, like, I feel like she should be on the side of, outside of Ty of this and be like, if it, if it was something like where Ty's, like, saying, I hope the kids are ready for this, and Kari has to, has to like, say, I think they are, and then to maybe Ty's not as confident about it, or something like that, I think that would have worked a lot better. 
than this where it feels like Kari is like saying like it almost feels like she's saying like we shouldn't have to be going through this or whatever which it, which also you know works but it doesn't quite come across perfectly in my in my opinion but that might be a bit more subjective i think the other thing that really sort of gets me here is the notion of what they're actually talking about and yes, I know this is after the scenes where they've been watching on news about kids getting kidnapped and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's clear that danger's on the horizon. But what on earth are they actually talking about when they say, you know, we've got to be ready for what's coming or whatever? What are they talking about? Because they're, they're, I think they're talking about what Azul Amon was saying and that, like, there's still darkness coming. Like, they stopped the control spires from cropping up around the world, but they did never stop the source of that. Like, they still yeah. didn't cut the you know, the, the last head of the Hydra off. Yeah, I mean, uh, Gachumon ends up pointing out in a line saying, Arukenimon and Mummymon are still on the prowl here in the real world. And that's when Tai ends up saying, and your group has got to be ready, the whole world is counting on you. So I think they're still prepared okay. for like, Fair. I think, because yeah, they haven't seen like the Daemon corpse yet. So like, they're like focused on Arukenimon and Mummymon, who they haven't like fought in a while. And they haven't like actually gotten to the point of taking them out. Yeah, I just, I, I feel like, you know, what, you know what, I talk about the tone of this scene, and I feel like I'm trying to think what could make it work. And the fact that you've got this this instance of all these kids getting kidnapped, which is like a really dark subject, and, you know... Yeah, it's kind of terrifying if you think about yeah, it. They could have leaned on that a lot more to like get across, like... You, you know what would have been in character for Ty? He's getting really mad. They're like watching this on the news and being like, this fucking sucks, and being more on the perspective of like, you know, I think... You know, I think... Um, this may not be enough, you know, capturing them or whatever, like TK's idea might not be enough. We might need to, you know, put an end to this. Well, we're going to have to need to put an end to this once and for all and make it more of an argument about that rather than, are you ready for this? Or like having Kari, you know, sort of talking down to Kari a bit, which I really didn't like. I just, I don't know. This, this, this scene just felt like it could have gone a million different ways and this wasn't one of the right ones to go down. And and again, just having it back, having like the backdrop of like, yeah, I don't know. He really just made me think of like Shinji getting the robot. I just don't, just don't like it. I just don't like that at all. Um, but no, I concede that yes, they they were a threat. Yeah, they were more conscious of like Sorry, what that get in the was. robot, or else Miko will have to get in the <laughs> robot again. <laughs> the, the, the the scene is just jarring to me. I think it's interesting that like that was the moment that made me realize. Oh yeah, the zero two kids haven't killed anything yet. Like yeah, the entire that's, show. I, I brought it up, like, in the early Control Spire episodes, like, they've never, they, they don't even understand the concept of an evil Digimon, like, that isn't man-made, like, obviously, Chimeramon was an evil Digimon, but they, that was just a, a, a Frankenstein creature that was set to destroy the digital world, like, the closest they got is, was Cody sort of seeing Devimon, but not really, and, uh, seeing, and mostly seeing TK, like, get ready to punch Ken for it, like, they haven't even like seen an evil like they haven't even processed the idea that Digimon can be innately evil. So like this they is this had... is their first experience with it. They could have thinned that out a lot more. Like I, I feel like it was a thread that got kind of dropped for a bit. Yeah. Or like oh, didn't really I, come I, up and talk. I, I, I wish that it was kept more consistent, like throughout these episodes, but the Digimon World yeah, like... Tour was mostly focused on Digimon who were just yeah. like very scared and angry because they aren't home, which same. <laughs> you, could have had, you could have even played up the contrast between like the, you know, TK and Kari and the other O2 kids with them being more experienced in terms of like having dealt with evil Digimon and having, you know, put a permanent end to them as well. 
Like, maybe, I don't know. You had that whole Black War Greyman arc, which just felt completely aimless by the end of it. And, I don't know, what if, like, TK killed, or, or, you know, like, Angemon or whatever killed Black War Greymon or something like that? Like, have something happen that puts a contra brings this back into focus and then also highlights the difference between the two characters bringing it back here now is it's the same thing with like introducing all these new characters now or putting away all the ultimate forms now it's just like it's too late you should be like on the highway this should this is this is the third act of this show but it feels like the first act still yeah <laughs> I think yeah, oh, that, is, yeah. that is ultimately the biggest problem with Zero Two, even though I'm enjoying it more than I remember, and the sub is definitely helping that, because the sub of this, like, I am very much in favor of the dub of Season 1. I, I think that the correct way to watch Zero Two is the sub. Like, this, I think that that's the only season of the show that I've seen both the sub and the dub, in which I would say, like, if you aren't familiar with the material in the sub, like, you are actively missing out on large portions of character development and characterization and whatever. Um, what I might do then but, is before before we go yeah. into like a retrospective, I might go out of my way t- to do it because the more the show's gone on, and the more our like podcast retrospective, you know, breakdown has gone on, the more it's become adamantly clear that like yes, I'm I, I messed up from not doing it this from the start. <laughs> yeah, but clearly... so there is a but here. But despite all that, the biggest problem in both versions is that. I don't feel like they knew where to go with this show. Like the the first arc, the first twenty one episodes or so, feel very focused, and I get like, they feel like they have like a an end game in mind. But the minute that the the emperor arc ended, everything past that point feels like improvisation, like they're making it up as they yeah. go along. And oh, even completely. though we know for a fact they did that with the first season because they weren't expecting it to get more episodes. They hit it a lot better because they had these plot threads that were hinted at early that kept coming back later um, to good effect. Like, they always tease stuff like the eighth child and, um, you know, the even like the Dark Masters, even though they, they kind of come out of nowhere, they are foreshadowed early when someone mentions that, oh yeah, the digital world used to be united, but then we had to split it up to, to, to fight some evil. Um, so yeah. there's enough intrigue to keep you invested in going. And the fact that, like, it was kind of that, that isekai, like, stuck in another world, um, we have to get back. And then they flip the, the formula on its head for the Myodismon arc. And then had the powerful choice to flip it back for the final arc. So they had, the characters had to give up the security and comfort of the real world to go back in. Um, that's all compelling. Like, it drives itself in a way. Like, you don't have to contrive artificial conflicts or, or drama out of that. For this season, I think the original sin of this season, so to speak, and I know this is a weird controversial opinion, is they're allowed to be comfortable. Like, they're allowed to live in the real world and take breaks uh, between missions and all that. And because of that, there's no inherent tension. There's nothing that's keeping the plot pushing along, like, forward. There's no mission in their, you know, in their rearview mirror or in their, um, you know, laid out ahead of them. And that's why I think, Tom, when you say it feels weird for them to be like, oh, we got to prepare for what's coming, it's because it does. It's because season one didn't need that. There was always yeah. an organic conflict ahead of them in season one, and this one, they're they're not proactive characters; they're reactive characters. They they only yeah. act to stop things that are already in motion instead of you know setting out on a quest to do something. And I think that's the the biggest problem of the series, and the one that is coming to a head here because 
need to introduce conflicts. Yeah, still. like they're they're ten episodes before, like you know, like less than ten episodes before the end of the series now, and they realize that they 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 don't have an end game. So instead of making the characters proactive and go out and you know stop the evil, they have to have the evil come to them, and that's kind of like it feels like it's it's not as exciting, and it feels like it's very sudden because it is because. Without that build up to a, a climactic encounter, they have nowhere really to go aside from bringing it to them. Yeah, it's it's very like it, it's it's the thing is is that I wouldn't even call it like a simple say. It's just a very big, I guess handicap is probably the right phrase. Like it's if you're going to go into this and you're going to say, okay, we're going to have these characters, you know, not not have not have this situation where they're out of their element necessarily like yes they still get to go to school and i should um, i should specify you know. that by, by original sin i mean like a, a you know a, a deadly sin just like as in it's the thing that you can trace most of the problems with the show back to is that one decision well yeah yeah so what i'm trying to say is that like you can make that work but you better be bloody good and uh and they weren't like you better plan and they didn't you know <laughs> and it's funny right because like the thing is is that even after all of that you know, if they were to do what they did in season one and think on their, you know, think on their feet and so on, they had a lot to work with here. You know, much like they did in season one. Like I think between like Ken's character, well, that's pretty much it. Like Ken's character is so much enough by himself to work with, and and they do use that character to drive the show forward from this point forward. And and I think a lot of the things that you start seeing here. Like at the end of this episode, they start, and you know, the you have the flashbacks with Ken in this episode where they're, they're talking about the dark spawn and all this kind of stuff. It's like if they'd have gone immediately after the Emperor arc and kind of like fed that concept a little bit more, like after Ken's like reconciliation with himself or whatever, like they should have had the moment where Eric Kennymon's like, little does he know, he doesn't know about the the darkness growing within him still. Ha <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, he's it, you know. That could have been the thing. Instead, we just had like all these episodes where they just do other shit, <laughs> and then then we'll come into this concept. And I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, okay, this is a bit this is a bit hokey. And because you're introducing it now, it just feels like a retcon or like a like make you just making shit up to rush to an ending. If you'd have introduced this earlier, it could have been cool, you know, for 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 what yeah, the show I, is. I feel it like have been a yeah, the show was realizing far show. too late that Ken is their greatest asset. And they're yeah, pretty much yeah, like they they're kind of having to to limp to the finish line with only a few episodes left at this point. And I like these episodes; these episodes are great. It just makes me wish, like, dang, I I really do wish that we had gotten this earlier instead of you know yeah, right I at the finish I, line. Yeah, you could have easily tied in the Daemon Corps invasion with Arukenimon, like have the Daemon Corps stuff like popping up every so often, and Arukenimon and Mummymon are there just like yucking it up, and you don't like. And then you can have that struggle of, like, okay, like, they're fighting uh, Arukenimon and Mummymon, but they don't know who, like, these demon Digimon are. Like, are they connected to Arukenimon and, Dev- and Mummymon? Because, yeah. like, they're sort of, like, this, like, like this three-way battle going on. Like, you could have, like, done that and, like, slowly but steadily brought it up to this point where, like, stuff pops off, but you don't. Yeah, like, you had the Dark Ocean there as well, which was, like, the... That was like the second plot thread for so long. Like, if you're gonna have these Daemon Corp show up, make them. You know, in, I could see in an alternate reality where instead of they, those guys, or you know, have those guys being like coming from the Dark Ocean and being like, well, you know, we've got unfinished business with Ken too. Uh, 
meanwhile. And, and then, yeah, you could still have had that fight with these two different factions fighting over Ken's, you know, the Dark's War in Ken. Like, that's one of my favourite parts of Adventure 1 was the, like, final showdown with Etamon, where you have, um, it's Datamon, isn't it? Yeah. Or, well, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You have Etamon and Datamon, who are both villains, who are both just, like, scrapping with one another over their own evil plans. <laughs> It's just yeah, great. you could you could have easily sort of like included that of like, yeah. oh hey, like there's this other group here alongside. Like you could have like, there are many ways you could have like slowly introduced and teased like <laughs> yes. these guys, but you didn't. Yeah, it's a shame. So it's kind of yeah, but so this episode kind of just does feel a lot like, you know. It, it it feels like oh we finally they they finally had ideas. But, you know, it's kind of like they put the toast in and by the time it popped up, it had been in there too long and it's just burnt. To yeah. crisp. So completely unusable. unusable. To borrow another food metaphor, yeah, it, it feels like you're setting the table for a three-course meal when dessert's already being served. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, let's go with that. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a shame because I think on the face of it, the sort of vibe of this episode, for the most part, kind of does remind me a lot more of like the Myotismon thing where you have like... Digimon actually yeah. threatening like humans directly, what, what you know, in ways that isn't just monster monster madness. Like there are kids like in a bus yeah. that are about to be like thrown. Like there are kidnapped kids like in a yeah. car. Like there is a lot of like stakes here, but the cause of those stakes are just all over the place, and it just sort of makes it hard to like keep things connected and like truly enjoy it because it's sort of like disjointed and messy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's probably best we get that sort of take out the get these takes out the way early on because they are present for all of these three episodes and by themselves, I think these episodes are you know perfectly watchable and serviceable, um, fun you might even say, but like <laughs> you know they, they do they do have a big shadow hanging over them of like oh that would have been cool to have earlier, oh I wish this was fleshed out a bit more, hmm, the tone here seems a bit funny I wish the Gone, done that a bit different. It just it just smells all <laughs> wasted potential. So it's a shame. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's mostly I think it's mostly present in this episode, as opposed to the other two, which are more full on action. Yeah, I just want to say um, if I can, real quick, one more thing because we sort of go ahead. I just want to double back real quick to the uh, you talked about like um how the tone sort of feels weird with Ty and Kari. I actually like. The way I'm thinking about it, interpreting it, I see it as, like, Ty, like, knowing what his sister is capable of and being, like, okay, but, like, you have to be able to reach this point. And, like, Kari is sort of, like, anxious because she does, because it's Kari, of course. Like, she doesn't want others to have to hurt when she can instead. So she's, like, I don't want these other kids to do it, like, but I can't. And she sort of, like, knows, like, okay, like, Ty is really pushing me. Like, I have to make sure I can step up and I can make sure the others can step up. Because things are gonna get bad, but it's a tricky thing for no, her. I, so I don't. I, I think. I it's, wish. I, think, I wish it was that. I wish it was just more than me. Like re- how I'm like interpreting it, because like I know it's like this is just like all my interpretation. Uh, it may all be varied to, to, yeah. to subjective opinion. This is how I'm seeing it and why I like it. But the text has yeah. to carry me there, and I feel like. I want that to be the perspective that it that it's portrayed in because without changing very little, it it allows you to, in my opinion, 
salvage the scene, but just in general, I think it improves the scene overall. If you, if very little work involved as opposed to other ways of doing things, if you just make it from that, tweak the lines a bit so it's more like car racing. And and, and to be fair, I haven't watched the sub version, so maybe that is that does paint things in the light I'm looking for here. But the vibe I got from watching the dub version is that Kari is very much like she is being told by Ty, you this is what you need to do, and Kari's like saying, I don't want to do it, and it doesn't, it doesn't. Again. I wish it was Kari saying, look, I can do it, but I don't want to have to put these other kids through it. You know, they are—they haven't been through the same stuff as us because that's true and it's true to Kari and it's, you know, and it, it's easy to empathise with. Whereas here, it just seems the only empathy I'm feeling is, damn Kari, your brother kind of turned into a bit of a chode. Like, <laughs> why are you listening to him? What's he done? Like, that's, he didn't find the digital That's fair. Yeah. So I mean, this anyway. this feels like a matter of I know writers who use subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Gonna, That's really the, what it feels like. <laughs> the problem is, is like, that I am looking for subtext with a microscope. It doesn't need to be subtle or anything like that. It can just be because this show isn't that subtle at all. Like it has moments. I know writers who it, use text and they're all cowards. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's about all I've got to say on this one. But I don't know if anyone. Yeah. Oh, I. No, Sorry, sorry. There is there is one more thing, and this is going to be a wild swinging swinging like tone or whatever. So if you had anything else, slowing just to say on this point. No, uh, this was really all I wanted to talk about this episode. Just besides the fact that uh, I hate the power creep in school, Sadamon, and I like this one scene, <laughs> and uh, the Yoli uh, CIA propaganda needs to be stopped. <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing I was wanting to mention is um, I'm this is a this is a admission of uh, okay, I was wrong. And the thing I was wrong about was early on in this series, I swear to God, I said something along the lines of like, Submarine Mom barely shows up in this show. I was dead wrong. Like, he shows up I so... Think we're, I think well, we were yeah. all wrong. We can, we can all take this no. as a group out, but we'll hold this <laughs> Okay, so, so funny thing is, last week when I said, I'm pretty sure Submarine Mom shows up one more time, this wasn't even the time I thought of. I know he shows up one more time, but oh, I didn't wow. even know he showed up here. So he shows up like a fourth time, like... Dude actually puts Possibly. in some yeah. amount of effort. Yeah, he, he he shows up. Like, I think, let's be clear, he's not showing up, like, every episode or anything like that. He is still fairly, you know, he is a, I would say, a C-tier uh, of the armed revolutions. But the fact still, well, for one thing, I'm still surprised we're getting any armed revolutions. Um, and the fact that he shows up here again. Like, I feel like we've seen more of Submarimon in the last few episodes than we've seen of, like, Pegasus Mon or or Neferti Mon ever since ever since the uh, you know the champion forms got reintroduced or what have you like I don't know I feel like they're just they're just in the uh, they're just in the um, oh what's the phrase uh, they're in the I don't want to say stable because that's a horrible pun but like <laughs> you know they're they're just in the reserves <laughs> now they 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 are like permanently like. They've been sent to the Pokemon box or whatever. You know they they're not coming. I back guess I guess you're, you're, I guess you could say that uh, they're they're the cavalry who may be ready to arrive to help one day. No, because they're not going to show up because they're done. It's like they're more like they've been sent to the glue factory. But it's or like a hor- it's like a horse pun still. So yeah, yeah, but yeah, so is the glue factory. <laughs> so, um... Yikes! <laughs> Sorry. Um, the <laughs> so yeah, Submarimon. I was dead wrong about that. Um, also, uh, there's a scene where like the scene where Imperial Imperial Digimon catches the bus full of kids, 
was just the most hilarious. Like he just thought they just sort of like wipe him onto the screen and went off again. <laughs> like he just looks like they did that <laughs> did that entirely in like Photoshop or something like it's just like whoop. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know, he's complete zero animation. It was amazing though. I, I do need to to at some point um just dub Green Goblin's lines from the Spider Man the same Amy Spider Man movie over that. Please. Yes. He, Skull Sadamon is just Green Goblin. He's this literally is, he's just this like This is why only fools are heroes, Imperial Dramon. He literally says, need to catch a bus, and I'm just like, you're just a Spider-Man villain, you absolute dorko. Sleep. And then he just, like, freezes Imperial Dramon. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I, I will point out, in the sub, they explicitly say, Imperial Dramon's about to die. <laughs> like, they say it straight up. <laughs> yeah, that's also a brand new from, power. I've from an ultimate before, level. So from, yeah, from an that's ultimate ridiculous. level, because that, he's corroding his data from the inside out. And if With the rest of them don't... special nail bone attack. Yeah, I think it's nail bomb, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's yes. nail bone. Nail bone? Oh, he says, damn. He says, I seek power in my special nail bone attack. And I don't. that's the funniest thing to me. I just like the idea of someone having this attack they call their special nail bone attack. Can, uh, can we give a um, brief shout out to uh, Damon's voice actor, though? Because I think he's, his voice sounds really cool. He's great. Yeah. Um... Yeah, he's cool. I want to get to that a bit later because I've got like a specific like person in mind that I thought he was, and I want to kind of get get to it later. He's yeah. he shows up a lot okay. in that episode like forty five, I think. So yeah, yeah. He's voiced by uh, Bob Pappenbrook, who's the yeah, father I, I, of Bryce Pappenbrook. Yes. Who also voiced Gogun Shogun Gekomon, not Gogun Shekomon. Gogun Shekomon. Yeah, he shows Gogun Shekomon. Shout outs. He shows up a lot uh, in the show. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, can we take a break before we go to episode? Yeah, we've been we've been going a bit for this one episode, so let's take a quick break, and we'll get to forty four and forty five, and we will see this weird set of episodes through. And we are back. We took a quick break because we had a lot of stuff to talk about last episode. And I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about this episode. So, Scrafty, would you like to start us out right at the gate with episode 44? I surely would. So, this, I think, was my favorite one of this trio of episodes. It actually, I think it does that moral dilemma thing we talked about in the previous episode in a much more... This is really pretentious, but a much more visceral way. Like, it actually forces a character to make a, a hard decision instead of just, like, bloviating about it. Definitely. So, yeah, this, so this one starts with um, Ken getting loaded again, loaded into the, the creepy moving van by Eric Kenimon, and they peel off into Tokyo traffic. Joe's brother, Jim, which is definitely his brother, Jim, not, and not his other brother, shows up with his greatest superpower ever, which is his car. And they start pursuing the van, but get stopped at the longest railroad crossing ever filmed, which gives Arakenimon more than enough time to escape. Then meanwhile, there's still this, you know, this big scuffle going on downtown. 
even though Skull Satomon's been taken care of now, there's still two of the other minions causing havoc. There's Lady Devimon, you know, our familiar face from Season 1, and Marine Devimon, which is basically just Devimon, but a squid. It's kind of like a Gisomon and Devimon cross. <laughs> Love it. And so they're they're doing this uh, this this big downtown brawl. Lady Devimon's on the losing side of her of her battle with Sylphimon. So she takes this totally radical teen hostage and uses him as a human, like a meat shield to stop them from shooting Hadokens at her. And they're not quite happy about this new Street Fighter bonus stage that no one told them about. Meanwhile, Shakomon's kind of squaring off with Marine Devimon while quote unquote Jim, TK, and Cody are helping at a hospital. So. Because of this, like, moral dilemma, like, Brain Devimon's destroying this hospital, he's going to hurt, you know, innocent people, and not only innocent people, innocent infirmed people, if he's not stopped. Lady Devimon has a hostage, and she's about to take a swipe at Yolei, who hits her with a skateboard to free the hostage. So, Shakumon and Sylphimon do what they have to do, and, and just, like, cold-blooded murder the two virus types right in front of them. And that makes them quite upset. And I would, I dare say it kind of traumatizes Cody because he he kind of carries this with him for the rest of the series. And then in the van, Ken has a, more flashbacks about his past. We get more good Oikawa content as he talks about the Dark Spore and how it's it's kind of like the aftermath of Millennium on. Like when he was destroyed, all of his evil essence kind of got spread out in like a, a big, you know, shockwave and... One of those like, shards of his being, one of his dark spores, or dark seeds as they're called in the, in the Japanese version, got implanted into Ken and unlocked some latent talents within him, like his academic aptitude and his athleticism and all that. Uh, and so Oikawa has told all these kids who are, you know, a ragtag bunch of misfits who are all struggling in their lives in one way or another, that he will grant them the same talents that Ken has, which is, you know, thrilling to them because they all look up to Ken as a, uh, an icon, like a legend to them. So, he's about to do that. He kind of, like, extracts the data from the Dark Spore out of Ken with a, a, like a barcode scanner. And then, <laughs> uh, right before he can, like, he, he gives it to the rest of the kids, but before anything can really come of that, uh, Daemon appears and is like, yo, hand that over, I want that cereal. So yeah, a lot happens in this episode. I, I, I love this episode a lot, personally. I think, I think this was a great time. It's a good balance of, like, exposition and action, rather than last episode, which was mostly exposition with a couple, like, teases of action. Shoutouts to Oikawa for being a character who is, like, both actually intimidating, despite showing up probably too late in the game to make much of a real impression, um, and also uh, literally, like, threatening a kid using a barcode scanner. <laughs> like, yeah. There's not many Dude, people... I, I, I literally put, this, this, is, this is him, like... Just straight up, like, okay, I'm going to scan this box of cereal. And then he said it, like, two seconds later. I was like, I am so mad, but I'm also <laughs> laughing so hard at the fact that we, we both said this line. Okay, can we, can we just, like, give a shout-out to Jameson Price, who somehow manages to make the line, just pretend you're a box of cereal, and I'm scanning your barcode, sound legitimately intimidating? It's really good. Like, Jesus Christ, this guy <laughs> he, carries this performance so hard. He's, he's such a talented voice actor. As someone who, as I noted last week, as someone who's playing Persona 5, like, I'm expecting Oikawa to tell me that he's going to kick me out of his attic and that <laughs> I have to take care of my own cat. Like, it's just like, I can hear just enough. And I really, Jameson Price really is, like, the goat in this series. Like, in, one of the goats in Adventure Zero 2 in terms of voice yeah. acting. I will, like, I, I am, I am very biased. I think that it's, 
Okawa is one of my favorite villains in this franchise, and I think that it's a credit to this, like the good parts of the show's writing that they're able to introduce a villain so close to the end and still make him interesting. I guess. I think yeah. it's mostly say yeah. I I I know the aspects of a we a we character which he gets to come, which I find pretty damn good. Um, but like. Yeah, I think the fact again, I wish it was earlier, but I think just looking at what we've got at face value, it's I think it's really carried by that performance for the most part for me. Just right now, in terms of what I've seen in the in in these episodes, that's what really sells this to me as like a a fun uh, character, I guess. Yeah, performance character, whatever you want to call it. So, um, yeah, again, props to him. He did a really good job. I, I did yeah, have one question completely. that I think I think it I think it may have come up last episode, but it is relevant now now that we're talking about Arikawa. So TK's mum talks about having met him before, which we did see. We did see that scene. But we she says it was three years ago. It, yeah, that's a, definitely a dub error. It's supposed to be four years ago, according to the dub's timeline. Um I didn't even realise it was supposed to be in the past when when TK Oh no! That and, that, that flashback was on Christmas Day, like the that this year. What she was referring to is he is he was a private investigator hired to uh, check out the heightened new terrorist incident because everyone thought it was a terrorist attack. Oh right, okay. So that's okay. mentioned offhand in uh, the last episode where he appeared in, and it will be elaborated on more later because he he does mention offhand. Um, I can't remember if it's this episode or next episode that he is he was a business associate of Cody's dad. Which is a bit of an understatement, right. but no, of, of Ken's dad. Did he say Ken's dad? I thought he it was Cody's he, dad. No, there is a different connection with him and Cody's dad, which we'll see. But he mentions that he worked with, uh, he worked with Ken. He worked with Ken's dad. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. anyway, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, like he's like he he appears so late, but he he already has these like embedded connections with characters that are believable. Like it's, you know. They did it. They did establish in in season one that there was an investigation of the terrorist attack, but because it was inconclusive, a lot of the families decided to move away because they thought it wasn't, you know, they thought it wasn't um, <laughs> conclusive or safe. <laughs> yeah, understandable. Understandable. Yeah, yeah so that's understandable. Fine. So I, I think it's a it's it's a good way of organically weaving him in by picking up plot threads that weren't really addressed in last season. Um, but yeah, the dub kind of skims over it and makes it a bit more confusing than it has to be. Yeah, it was definitely confu- well, confusing. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's that was kind of the the main sort of point to have. Yeah, it seems it seems interesting. I think they still have, and I'm sure this will be explained later. And, and if it's not, I will be very confused. But <laughs> his relationship with Arikenimon and Mummymon as to why exactly they're in cahoots, that's somewhat surprising to me. But yeah, it has to, it has to be brought up later because it feels like too big of a plot point to it, like ignore. It, it it does it is I think it's brought up in like the very next episode after we covered here, and the sub actually does talk about them more. The dub just skips that for whatever reason. Okay, as the sub is wont to do. There, there is one one little thing that does really bother me, um, and it's that in in the dub. Oikawa kind of says that he his mission is to destroy the digital world, and like we will later find out that 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 could not be further from the truth. <laughs> like, Did, wait, does he say that this episode? I don't remember that. Uh, it's either this one or next one, but I just wanted to mention it while we're talking about Oikawa because for the most part, like he is very faithfully translated. Like they they don't 
mess up any of his important characterization or um, dialogue, except for that one thing, because, like, that is literally the opposite of his plan. <laughs> so it's it's very confusing <laughs> that they went in that direction with it. I mean, there is a way you could explain it, at least. So it's like, there is that. But at the same time, yeah, that makes that is pretty weird. But sorry, Tom, what were you saying? Yeah, sorry. While we're on the point of the door, I guess, it's probably worth pointing out. So these three episodes are the first ones without Jeff and Bob at the helm. Is that correct? Yeah. Am, am yes. I, am I right on the, that? the last episode was the first one that didn't have Jeff and Bob. Uh, and I think all three of these episodes have different writers. Last yeah. one had Michael Sorich. This one had Rebecca Fordstadt. And the next one has Alan Smithy, which is, like, some anonymous person who didn't want to be credited for it. Said, I don't want to okay. deal with this on my resume. Huh. Okay, so, I think, props to, you know, props to these folks for coming in and, you know, picking up where Jeff and Bob left off. Um, you know, it's a shame they had to quit. It's a shame, you know, they had to go through the bullshit that caused them to quit. But the, these folks come in and I think they do a decent job. I think they do a serviceable yeah. job, bar some of the errors that you pointed out there, which, I, honestly, Jeff and Bob made the same mistakes. So, you know, the same kinds of mistakes. So like, we, we, we love them for their work, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not perfect. So it's 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 a case of, like, they these other writers are coming in and, yeah, they're doing pretty reasonable jobs, um, I think. And what, I mean by, what I mean by this is I was watching for, like, off telltale signs of, like, the honestly, I felt that the dialogue was a bit less jokey than usual, which is it felt like really that, odd. Yeah. I feel like maybe but, after yeah. Bob and um, after um, Bob and Jeff quit because they were you know forced to basically make this pretty dramatic you know shonen anime into a a comedy hour. Um, the the replacement writers they got, they were like, maybe we shouldn't push them so hard on jokes because we don't want them leaving too. Yeah. But, and um, it, the episodes did benefit for it. I mean, confusing as they are, like, there were still some jokes, but it didn't feel so, like, immediately in your face constantly. Yeah, I think, what it's just weird that, that like, the Zero Two up to this point has been very good at, uh, even in the dub, like, being aware of where the script is going in Japan. Because as far back as, um, I think episode, like, 25 or something, when... Ken gets that email that they mentioned in this episode from Oikawa. They had Jameson Price narrate it. So, like, they knew that this was this was coming and that, you know, they even had a voice actor lined up for this character already. Right. Oh, but, wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but now, so close to the end, um, they're missing things that are explained, like, a couple episodes from now. And I think that's just very strange. Yeah, it's... Like, I think this is one of the big problems with Zero Two is just that... I mean, like, we had it, like, in Adventure, like, there's no doubt about it, but there are just, like, a lot of times where stuff is, like, just, like, timelines are messed up, like, these, like, details that, like, are pretty noticeable get changed, like, it's just sort of, it's, it's very, like, messy at a base level. Yeah, it's, it's strange, because they, they did a good job of, of keeping uh, on the ball for, in some regards, but in others, they just faceplant onto the floor. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, I don't know why some of these choices were made, like, and I don't, I just don't know. It's just very, like, weird how, like, some of this stuff, like, 
connects and then some of it they're just like oops i'm putting the the round peg in the square hole today also can we talk about how weird it is that even in the dub oikawa introduces himself with his name in the japanese order yeah i noticed that and i was like that's not right like oh you're trying to trick us someone didn't do their homework especially because last episode he was in he said yukio oikawa the correct way so i don't know why (laughs) they inverted it all of a sudden it's weird that's weird yeah it's just there were some pretty notable errors, especially next episode, in terms of just, like, these little things that it's just like, okay, like, I don't think someone proofed the script close enough. Yeah. Um, the one thing, there was one detail, I, I swear this will be my last nitpick, because I did, I did love this episode overall. No, go for it. The, the, there's one little detail that I, I miss from, from the sub, and you know how I, a couple episodes ago I mentioned that um, in the sub, whenever a Jogress Digimon talks if it's one or the other component specifically that's speaking it just uses their voice yeah um they do that in this episode to really good effect after Sylphimon and shakomon you know kill their respective opponents um it is specifically aquilamon and anklamon that apologize to cody and yoli saying like it was my decision i had we had to do it oh that's good so like it, yeah, like it, it basically implies that 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 ver- like that the partners of the ones who were the most affected by this were the ones who took control and pulled the trigger so that they could yeah. save their partners. See, I thought you were going to say that it was going to be like Angemon and like Gatomon who were saying it, but no. Oh, that's great. That's that's really good because it's like yeah, like for this moment in particular, it's like I really wish we had that because that would have been awesome. Yeah, it, it's a it's a great moment, and I understand like they. They either didn't pick up on that detail in the dub, or it was an intentional choice to ignore it. But either way, it's it's a bit frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I just gotta say, though, like, the Yoli skateboard moment. Oh, I was hyped. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> just smacks him with a skateboard and then just starts blaring, So here I am. <laughs> she, gave the, she gave him the Darby Allen, like, <laughs> or she gave her the Darby Allen. Um, yeah, that was that was a funny moment. I, I came out completely blindsided me that did. I was just like, whoa, <laughs> Yuli, chill. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly thought they were gonna cut that out because I've seen that screen cap a lot, like recently, and I was like, oh, that's gonna like not even be in the dub, and I'm gonna be so mad, and I'm gonna have to complain about that. But no, they kept it in, and I was, oh, I was happy as a clam yeah in general i think <laughs> this episode's great because it puts the the kids in direct mortal peril which doesn't happen enough in zero two i feel yeah oh definitely like that was a that was a very big part of the odaiba arc and that's what i appreciate most about these episodes is like the level of stakes in the real world yeah i enjoyed these episodes a lot just because the confrontations are fun like uh, i feel like this i didn't realize this is the kind of thing that the show had been lacking until now like uh because yeah, like the whole thing has just felt like a a more sanitized isn't the right word because I feel like if it was sanitized, we wouldn't get all the Ken the stuff with Ken. <laughs> but uh, you know, it has kind of felt like that. Like the stakes it's, are uh, it's sanded like, down. Kind of. Yeah, the Digimon yeah. world is in like a lot of peril and such, but like the human world, we're not seeing the side effects of it. So you know, it's 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 like I say, I wish it was more elegantly like weaved in, to, like to bring the, that aspect of the show back, but like. Yeah, the, the the fact that we're back here and like we are having these fights where yes, you are having like <laughs> the Green Goblin moment as you put it, Sloan, or the uh, you know the issues here with the hospital and the random bro <laughs> just <laughs> all be you know in in direct danger. 
a lot of fun. Um, also feels like that I can't call adventure, but you know, other than Myotismon, like Myotismon takes a lot of people hostage, and then like towards the end, he's Godzilla mode, and like obviously that has a lot of you know side effects and so on. Let's say, but like I feel like these these like direct attacks on people feel more like. I don't know, it just feels more direct than anything, than a lot of the stuff we saw in Adventure even, so I I, I quite liked that perspective. Oh, d- definitely. I think it's, yeah, because in terms of, like, Adventure, it was mostly just, okay, let's find the eighth kid and then kill him, and then, like, we'll destroy the rest of the world, but right now we only want to kill one child, and then we'll kill them all. Meanwhile, these guys are like, let's just go ham murdering people. It is going to be super hype. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like so I like this conversation overall. The one part of this episode which I found really painful was this extended joke when they're like stuck at this at these like lights. No, that was so good. Don't even. That was that was a hilarious bit. I love that. The delivery on that just felt so weird because it was kind of like the first train passes and it's like yeah, awesome, we're ready to go, and then there's just like this weird pause for like five whole seconds or something which feels like a lifetime when you're watching a show like this and <laughs> and then suddenly another one comes and another one comes it's just the most like awkwardly delivered joke in the world and also it's just like i'm not i'm not sure that this is the right time for those kind of jokes i don't know why oh like, i i i love like an extend a good extended bit like that like that was fantastic for me i understand that it's like Okay, this is a little much. Like you don't have to do it like a fourth time, but oh, I love it was. If you if you cut it down like to just like the second one, oh, that would have been perfect. Yeah, they were, I, it's, it's it's such a yeah. money saving method, but like it's, I think it goes on a little bit too long. Like after like the, the after the second train uh, goes to the third, it becomes clear. It's like oh yeah, they're just trying to save money. Like they're just trying to save some oh, money for later in the episode. Com- who's, completely. Who's in the car again? If you, you it is it me. is uh, Shin Kido. Or no, Shukido, not Shen. Uh, Joe's, you know, his 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 one brother he has, yeah. uh, aka Jim. You have Davis, you have right. Cody, and you have TK. Okay, right, fine. I was I was gonna say like I feel like this was a method of like keeping Davis out of the action so that this could be the other two kids episodes. But um, but no, yeah. So Davis was in that car. That makes sense. But yeah, I, he I, I... he looked like he was like. He had the poop sweats like going on as he's waiting. He was just so stressed. <laughs> he had to get to a bathroom. Yeah, Sorry to yeah. be crass, but he was also, he was going through it. While we're talking about cars, uh, shout out to Gatamon for almost getting completely creamed by a car like later earlier at the beginning of the episode. Like she just gets out and then like a car just whizzes straight past her. And it's like I thought they were gonna make a joke about how she almost got hit by a car and like she was, you know, still not used to traffic in the real world Gatman. it's like no 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 joke at all just like the most good thing you have eight more lives <laughs> yeah exactly that would be an easy joke um but no nothing not even in the dub it's very strange <laughs> so very weird um okay can i make a somewhat um not fully formed argument but i kind of want to just throw this out there and see where it goes sure go for it so the end scene here, where you have the two different confrontra- confrontations with Cody and, uh, you know, Cody and TK, are, are out there fighting. Um, 
I forget who the fighting is. It Marine Devimon. Or- yeah, uh, Cody TK and uh, Jim are in the hospital with, uh, and then Shakua Mon and Marine De- Marine Devimon are Marine Devimon, duking yeah, it out okay. outside. I was right. Okay, so they're fighting that, and then then obviously you have the you, the fight with Selfie Mon and Yole. Is Kari with Yole? I watched this episode. Yeah, Kari's with Yole. Yeah, she, yeah, she's just in the back. She she doesn't want to get me- mixed up in it. <laughs> okay, cool. So they're fighting uh, with with Selfie Mon. They're fighting Lady Devimon. I feel like they could have picked one of these encounters to end with the whole Digimon, like, actually getting killed by, like, one of the Digimon. I feel like they could have just picked one of them and ran with it. But having them both do it makes the second one feel a bit less impactful. Even if Cody's freak out about it is pretty good. <laughs> like, I feel like having that moment first when you have, like, Sylphimon save Yole. Uh, from Lady Devimon by by just completely murking, <laughs> you know, Lady Devimon from existence. And then her just being like, whoa, what the hell? And then like, Kari being like, Sophomon just saved your life. <laughs> and just like, and then like, you have the moment, where the, the scene ends with like, Yule being like, you know, she's, she, she kind of gets over it fairly quickly. Uh, but then you, and then you cut to like, have the moment, the same moment again, basically, but with Shakumon destroying Marine Devimon. Um, Cody does not get over it quickly at all and, and yeah like you say this is going to stick with him for a bit but I think that the earlier scene should have I feel like the scene where like Sylphimon just destroys Lady Devimon shouldn't have happened or like they should have done something else like I don't know have Matt's dad show up and like ram Lady Devimon with a car or something <laughs> I don't know what? I'm just I'm just tra- no, I'm joking. Not not really, but like, <laughs> sorry, I was just trying to think of something. something you you just want to do. celebrate dudes' rock day. Yeah, true. Um, any excuse for Matt Matt's dad to show up? Um, no, but but like, <laughs> I'm just thinking of like something else where yeah, like, that confrontation ends without Lady Devimon just being completely destroyed. Would you, have so, made you just the want to show up in future true. episodes, right? <sighs> I wish it was someone else, alright. <laughs> the the <laughs> Shikumon just uh, the thing where Cody's Digimon destroys another Digimon, kills another Digimon, is very potent and good. And I feel like having Yole's Digimon also destroy another Digimon. And then her for her to just be kind of cool with it uh, in the end, you know, after after an initial shock. Yeah, she got over it very quickly, I gotta say. I'm proud of her. Yeah, it undermines the Cody moment, I feel like. Because I feel like you have a if you have two instances of a Digimon being destroyed, you have you have um you have Yole destroying let, let's just let's just make it simple. Yole kills another Digimon, basically. And Cody kills another Digimon. You have two instances there where it's kind of like if you had just had the one character, this is the first instance of one of the team killing another Digimon, and it's Cody. And that's potent, I feel like. Um, so yeah, I don't know why. I just I kind of wished I, I was kind of watching that. I was thinking it feels too much like the same thing just happened, but like having Cody react differently makes sense for his character. But I feel like it was just juxtaposed really strangely against Yule's reaction. When I said when I went in saying this wasn't entirely fully formed, I wasn't lying. <laughs> but I what, what do you two think about about that? I can't, I can't agree with, like, they should have only done one, but I do agree, like, having uh, Cody's first 
and he's like all shocked and like TK and and uh Jim are like okay no Cody come on like snap out of it like we we got to go but like Cody's still like shaking and then if you had like Yoli's Lee's like doing it and she's hitting Lady Evermore with the skateboard and like she's like kind of freaked out but she does get over it, I think that would have been a really good juxtaposition of seeing like how different these characters are and like how they sort of react to things especially in terms of like the greater group of the Digidestin I think that could have been really good but I do sort of I thought it was good still, uh, like, I mean, it's still effective, in my opinion, like, yes, like, you could have had, like, the moment switched or only one of them, but then you're sort of left with this other moment up in the air, and I think, in terms of both moments, like, Sylphie Mon, like, protecting the partners, that's, like, a really good moment to me in general, and, like, just straight up being like, okay, I'm sorry, I had, I had to kill her, like, you were about to die, type of thing, like, I think that's also yeah. very good. It's very, it's almost like, it's impossible to read that moment and still be like, well, Sylphie Mon shouldn't have done that. It's presented in a very clear, like, the audience's takeaway is supposed to be, this was the right thing to do. Yeah, oh, so completely. then, to, so, then, so then to go back to Cody's struggle with, with this sort of, with this subject, and then present a situation, a very similar situation, in fact, even an even more impossible to argue with situation, because you literally have a whole hospital full of people. You have a little girl in a wheelchair there, just to drum, draw the point in. And Cody's reaction isn't exactly the same as Yole's. And it just makes it feel like, well, no, we've just seen you tell us immediately that actually, in the right circumstances, this this is this is justified, at least, or, you know, fine or whatever. It was the right thing to do. And then you present an even more extreme ver- version of that. And you have the characters still take away, still be sort of traumatised by it. I'm not saying you can't do that, but I feel like having those moments back to back, it's mixed messaging i suppose it's like what is the show trying to tell me and i kind of just come away with it saying the show's not actually trying to tell us anything at all it's just trying to bring back this topic for cody to have as a, like a character theme but like there's yeah, no yeah cody's cody's morality is kind of weird because he's like it, there's no meat to it we should we, we shouldn't have killed it it's like bro giant squid satan was about to just murder you is it about to murder a wheelchair using individual? Like, you're really not gonna. Yeah, like. You're really gonna get like preachy about this. Yeah, like, like especially like Cody. Like, I think it's what was it last episode? He goes into stuff with his grandpa about how like his dad like threw himself in the line of service. It's like Cody. Out of anyone, you should understand this the best. Yeah, I feel like it would have been a thing of like, um. Cody had to having to make that decision and he the fact that he's thinking about his dad again and so on is his moment of reconciliation where he's the one to pull the trigger per se and like you know TK is already sort of down with that anyway because of his experience from the original series so like yeah sure maybe maybe even do it as a moment of like you know I I'm trying to think like have Yole struggle with that a bit because she's not really thought about it or so on so it takes a moment maybe into the last minute for like Sylvie Mon to be able to attack to that degree because Yole's heart's not right in it necessarily until she's like in mortal peril and then meanwhile he could reflect that with Cody being like you know he's his he, he can't quite pull himself to do it until you know it's like the last minute and he realizes the peril and he realizes the parallels between like what his father did and you know the price to pay and so on like are we even? Are we even? Wait, wait, for, like, Cody's as a freaking idiot. Why don't you give your life for a politician of all people? <laughs> well, it's yeah, propaganda. Yeah. That 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 whole sequence is propaganda, man. I'm telling I you, just, it's, it's part I'm of it's part of the fake Yoli psyop. I'm just picturing Cody's dad throwing himself in front of Shinzo Abe, and getting, like plugged full of holes. 
I've got bad news for you, uh, Hiroki Hida. That's someone's job. I don't know. I don't know how to do the meme yeah. for. He's also Hiroki he's also no, he's he's also no longer the prime minister. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah, there's some there's some other guy who also seems terrible. So oh. anyway, um, I think they. God, you could have even had a power off. Like Cody's literally there, studying like the destroyed wall of this hospital building like marine devimon's in his face like he's essentially in the line of fire if shakumon decides to like try and blast a hole through marine devimon or whatever like yeah you you literally could have ran those parallels straight into the fucking ground but the show doesn't do (laughs) it completely yeah just sorry i just got more thought about that in the head just then i was just kind of like God, it's just it, once again right we face. come back to you. I know writers who use text, and they're all cowards. <laughs> no writers who use context, and they're all cowards. I feel like that's what. Yeah, no, it's it's just text. It's yeah, just it's you just take the text, text and Sorry. it's 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 catch, it's catch all. I know writers who use text, and they're all cowards. <laughs> I thought you were quoting like the original the original joke, and I was like, oh no. He oh, said I mean, text, I did for the last text. episode, but you in terms of this way. stuff, it's literally just it's literally just <laughs> the text. <laughs> I know writers who do the the extremely obvious good storytelling thing and I can't listen to them because our deadlines are so tight I'm bleeding out of my hands. So that's probably that's probably <laughs> how this actually went. So I I'm I won't It's uh, it's I know writers and they're all cowards. I know <laughs> I know writers and they're all dying inside. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're all in horrible working conditions. Um I yeah yeah as as always our criticisms are always more just generally like the missed opportunities here uh, rather than attributing like them to anyone in particular in particular it's, especially for, especially for this mind. series there is a lot of missed opportunities yeah it's impossible to talk about Digimon and not like be cognizant of the fact that that these shows are made under both like the general poor conditions of the anime industry. And also, like, the fact that there's a merchandising empire, or, or, like, a burgeoning merchandising empire, like, behind this whole thing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, impossible to not consider that. That said, it's still a bummer that, like, I'm seeing all these thing- areas for, like, what if they did this? That seems like it would be more I'm, satisfying. I don't know. I'm Maybe telling you, me. we gotta write that AU fanfic. Yeah, honestly, if I had didn't have like a full time job or something, I feel like I'd, I'd probably <laughs> I'd probably give that a go or something. But... You you would oh Tom, you're you're getting into dangerous territory. I'm gonna I'm gonna encourage is, you. I'm is gonna it fan fiction? It. It's not really fan fiction if it's just a complete rewrite of a show. But that's also called that's, an AU. Yeah, it's very it's very presumptuous of me though on my abilities. Like I'm more proposing ideas and then like you know. Would they work? And then I'll, I'll write Who knows? them. So you, yeah. you give me all the ideas, and then I'll just write them. <laughs> but then I'll also include like a bunch of like Joe and Mimi chapters that like have no like reason to be there, but they're there because me. Sloan, don't you have a game to write? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a low blow. <laughs> We're still waiting. <laughs> Seven years and counting. I apologize. Hey, look. There are games that have taken longer, so you 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 take your your you take your sweet time. Yeah, pe- I'm people still, have spent I'm still ahead more. of the Last Guardian. People have spent <laughs> more for worse games that took longer, so don't don't even worry. There we like go. I'm still juked. good. Uh, anyway, anyway, yeah. Um, I I thought um we haven't really you you may have done it while I was having some severe internet troubles back there, but um I uh, we have we touched on the like 
Oikawa stuff, like, you know... A fair bit. Conversation in the moving van. <laughs> like, I thought that was really weird. Like, they just have all these kids. Like, how big is that van? Like, that just seems like a really big space. It's a, it's a moving like, van. As, as someone who's helped no, their I parents mean, move I... recently, I can say that you could probably easily fit twice as many kids in a van that size. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's yeah. that's a little suspicious, but I won't question you on that. <laughs> that's, that's Those a, yeah, kids were all looking at Ken topic, like you but... came to the wrong neighborhood, buddy. Like they look like the most evil kids. Children of the corn ass fucking kids. <laughs> it really was. I yeah. didn't like it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. But like yeah, I don't know. I think the dark spore stuff is really hokey. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Like I feel like Again, like I said, like I said, we were talking about the last episode. I feel like the concept of like having this having this thing which is like festering inside Ken and it's been put there by something else. It's a good idea that yeah, if you'd given it more time. But he also, I have to kind of concede that like it showing up the way it does now, and it's just like oh, by the way, there's this like auto, you know, this is this MacGuffin that's just been hanging out in the back of Ken's neck this whole time. It's just really funny to me. <laughs> it's just like the ultimate like ass pull. Here's a thing to fight over, sort of thing. Um, so I find it See, funny. I find it funny the way he describes it as well. Yeah, like, I personally have no problem with with Oikawa's involvement with the Dark Spore. I think what what's silly to me is that the Daemon Core wants it. If if it was just something that <laughs> yeah. Oikawa himself, like, oh yeah, I researched this really mundane thing that no one in the digital world cares about, <laughs> but lots of people in the human world might care about. That would be cool. I think that would be interesting. No, it's I, like... I honestly, I don't mind the like dynamic between like this is something that is powerful enough that multiple parties are going to want it. And again, I've, it just comes back to like the, the, that third party should have been more established, as in the Daemon Core. The, you know, like I'm saying, like as in at all, time into the dark ocean or something. Like, great. Well, anyway, the the thing is, is that I just, I just find it funny that like yeah, we're fighting over this this like vague like. Infinity Stone, basically. <laughs> like, you know, he's got an Infinity Stone in the back of his neck. That's essentially what's happening right now. He's got a Mystery Stone in the back of his neck. <laughs> there you go. You I guess what, what bugs me is that, like, it never really explains why the Daemon Core wants this. Because, like, Oikawa wants it for reasons that will be explained later. And he's able to rope the kids into his plan because he has, like, proof positive that, yeah, this will improve your lives if you have this. Like, it will make you the superstar you've always wanted to be. But it feels like they... it's just trying to tell you this is something like vaguely powerful and it will make the bad guys better at being bad guys. <laughs> I feel like that's just that's just what we're being told to believe um, ex- implicitly by the very nature of the thing. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just being too generous or or not generous enough to the show. <laughs> I don't know which. Yeah, I just think that like I I like Oikawa's involvement before. It just feels like because okay. Oikawa is a seed that's been planted for for several episodes now. Like like we said earlier, yeah. as early as like episode twenty five, I think he he sent that email to Ken talking about you know foreshadowing the, the both the dark spore and his plan. But the Daemon Core just shows up out of nowhere and is like, oh yeah, we also want this thing. Yeah, I f- I feel like those the when you, it's funny you bring up the email because like I feel like the that should have been the beginning of like a more gradual introduction of the character rather than just like popping up later. But yeah, we've, we've said this before, like the, the, we've already spoken about the pacing of these like reveals and the mystery or whatever, just being not really there. <laughs> but yeah, but, um, but you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Arikawa, I've got no, 
major complaints about it other than you know the just the general overhanging stuff we've already mentioned i just find the dark sport to be really funny it's like we have a mcguffin now it's just it's just it's it's, it's sort of i don't know it's it, we haven't really had that in the show yet to the extent like we've had like the, the the crests and that kind of thing but like if you think about things that the characters are going after it's kind of like usually just like a villain or it's something like um you know, there was like the eighth child, but that's like a person. And as it turns out, it happened to be Takari as well. So it's even more of a, you know, a, an actual threatening thing. So for them to just have this like MacGuffin that the villains are fighting over now, even if it is something that is stuck in the back of Ken's head, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of, uh, not lazy, but, you know, it's kind of fairly generic, I suppose, is, is the thing I'm looking for. Um, the talk about scanning Ken uh, like a box of cereal just makes me think of that one that one like meme where the woman got like a, a barcode tattoo just for fun and she had it scanned at the supermarket and it turned out to be like a barcode for like flaming hot Cheetos or something. Oh, that's awesome! Oh yeah, that sounds all right. It could have been worse. Could have been like you know, um, mouthwash or you know. <laughs> or something, you know, so it's something not particularly great. So, uh, could have been earplugs. Yeah. <laughs> sure, it could have been toilet roll. I don't know. <laughs> Just something not great. Um, <laughs> like a flea collar. I don't know. Could have been laxatives. Um, do, we, do we have anything more to talk about for episode 44, or are uh, we set to, to get to episode 45 and see how these episodes sort of uh, stumble their way to its conclusion? No, I'm I'm good to move on. Okay. Before we do, give me two seconds to pull up <laughs> the summary because this episode is this episode coming up is very. It's more like an extended fight scene, I would say, bar the ending. It's an so, extended confusion scene. <laughs> yes, also also that. So there's there's a fair bit going on, but yeah, okay, let's get into it then. Let's talk about episode forty-five, the Dark Gate, um, which um is. Something you'll see at the end of the episode. So the episode basically picks up immediately from where the last one left off with Daemon has caught up with Oikawa, who has Ken in the back of the van with all these kids. And in, in, in the Venga bus. In the Venga bus, yep. Oh, jeez. That's the break music this week, except I don't want to get sued. <laughs> he's just like an 8-bit cover or something. Yeah, he's in, he's in the Fortnite Battle Boss with, with, uh, with Ken and all these kids. Uh, the Make sure to think the driver wanna... before you drop yeah. it. The yeah, I want to. I want to pay Jameson Price to say where we drop him boys now. <laughs> um, well, well, Tom goes over this episode. I'm going to look at cameo real quick. Okay, right. Let's <laughs> let's you do that. But yeah, let's get this over. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, he yeah. So Damon's basically like get out the van and and then you know, Albuquerque gets out and they have a bit of a chat. You know, a bit of a good old villain back and forth. You know. As uh, as is always fun to do. Meanwhile, Cody and TK are are all, all back in. The, they're on their way back from the hospital after Cody's traumatic incident, and Cody's still pretty shook up about it. But they've been told to get their ass to Heightened View Terrace, where uh, Davis is. Davis and Vimon are basically like surveying the scene where Oikawa and Damon are, you know, chatting. <laughs> so, and then Kari and Yule are also on the way as well, having received the same message from Davis to to get their asses to Heightened View Terrace. So, you know, Oikawa is, you know, he's he's probably, 
not he's not too fussed about Daemon's demands because Daemon obviously wants Ken, he wants the Dark Spore, but he has already transferred the Dark Spore or copies of it rather to all these other kids. So you know he's pretty he's pretty okay with that as long as he can still you know get his hands on the Dark Spore. So he's willing to hand over Ken. However, as our Kellymon goes goes to do so. Ken and Vimon basically that tackle and, and Wormon's there as well. Uh, he came along with Davis and and he manages to string them up. They all digivolve straight away. Very quickly after they digivolve into Peeldramon, DNA digivolve, and you know, Daemon. Daemon's a pretty uh he's a pretty big threat. So he's giving them some trouble. So Daemon grows massive. He's like, well, okay, if you're gonna attack me, then I'm just gonna get massive. So he grows to about 60 foot tall. You know, he's a big lad. And then Shakumon shows up, who is a very similar height, <laughs> and manages to get like a, a sneak attack. Selfie-Man shows up not long after that as well. And then so the three DNA Digivolve forms are like going up against Daemon. Daemon basically is useless. You know, it, it, it it's not useless, sorry. Their attacks are useless against Daemon. He is very resilient, per se, which basically encourages... Encourages Imperial Jamon to sorry, Peyudramon to become Imperial Jamon and, and give it some more give it some more oomph. But again, Daemon can kind of just keep brushing off their attacks and so on. So Daemon then also reveals that he can just like travel freely between the digital world and the real world, which apparently is a thing he can do. That's how he got here in the first place and brought all these lackeys with him. Good to know. So they tried to send him back to the digital world anyway, but it doesn't quite work so you know they open they managed to open a gate but it's kind of like well this will be pointless anyway because he can just come straight back so then they have the idea of oh shit what if we sent him to the dark ocean and then they're like well we don't know how to do that i just kind of got dragged there previously and uh kari's, kari's saying this but then ken's like well actually maybe i can do it i have a feeling i can probably do it but it might be it might, things might get weird, so they're using his dark digivice or whatever to to try and like open up a gate to the dark ocean. And Daemon's kind of like, "Ha ha, you you stupid children, you don't know what the hell you're doing." Turns out they do know what the hell they're doing. And after a lot of encouragement from Davis to help Ken get through like the traumatic process of opening a gate to the dark ocean, they manage to do just that and send Daemon flying into the dark ocean, where he presumably can never return. Bom, bom, bom. And yeah, so that's kind of like, it's a victory for them, but then Owikawa is kind of like, okay, well, they're just like high-fiving and shit. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So he does so. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he's on the run again. He's got all these kids who are being returned to their parents, but they've all got the dark spore in them. So, you know, that's not good. And Ken's able to return home and his parents are like, okay, you've been socializing too much now. We're, we're pissed. And then everyone else goes home, but one by one and Ken introduces Wormon to his parents, and that's that's where the episode ends. I gotta say, shout out to Derek Stephen Prince in this episode because those were some painful screams. I was wincing. Yes, he does. A, he, he's he's done a fantastic job with Ken, voicing Ken throughout this whole thing, um, and uh, and yeah, he uh, does a, he does another good job here. It also feels like the first time we've heard Vimon speak in a while. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but like. I I was kind of like, oh yeah. No, Vimon. I think I think you're right. Yeah. So Derek Stephen Prince again. We've either heard X Vmon or Pyeldramon or Imperial Dramon, but we haven't heard Vmon in a while. So. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of, uh, you know, he's the he's the MVP of this episode. <laughs> so. Yeah, the, straight up just tackled uh, Arcanimon. That was <laughs> yes. great. 
<laughs> that was a great that was a great thing yeah like when one just like struck her up straight away i just find it kind of weird that she didn't just instantly burst into like spider form and just kill them both <laughs> but you know whatever <laughs> you know oh oh no to be fair i guess he did like instantly like um they both instantly like digivolved didn't they and yeah okay fine i can sort of see how that might have not been that easy i like this one i thought it was you know other than the overhanging, you know, the, the, the overshadowing of the various issues I've got with this thing in general, just, again, just looking at this episode as a whole, I really liked the battle here and, like, Daemon being, like, this, like, OP character is kind of kind of crap because, like, they haven't really established him properly and so on, but, like, the fact that they didn't just, like, overpower him, but they had to come up with a solution and one with an actual, like, cost and so on that spoke to yeah. like the character development of Davis and Ken in particular that was cool um, and it almost it pretty much makes up for the fact that they're just using the Dark Ocean here because they had no plans to use it whatsoever but they saw an opportunity to use it to like present a you know a solution to a problem uh, 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 like to solve a conflict in an interesting they said, fashion uh, now in 18 years podcasters can't get mad about us we, we closed it up <laughs> we sealed that loophole. It's all good. No, I, yeah, it's, it's I, not great. But, uh, Damon but, you know. is very effective at uh, once again, like the stakes. Like, dude is ready to just incinerate an entire apartment block. Yes, and like he you, give see, you see, like the zoom in on all the people who are just like screaming and freaking out and crying, and that was <laughs> very effective. Like, like Imperial Aldermont was like straight up barely holding him off. Like, it was it was very effective in in terms of the the danger. They just thought this was all like street performers or something, and then suddenly like he's just <laughs> raising like fiery fists at them, and they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> they're like, "Oh, I can't wait for this new Godzilla movie." And it's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm not wearing any 3D glasses. This is bad." Borno <laughs> for uh, Daemon. I think this is the last time in in English canon that he'll be known as Daemon before he gets uh, a localization change to the much much worse Creepymon. Yeah, I hate it. Ugh. And like that, that that name gives like a bad feeling on my tongue. I really hate it. Wasn't he, you? You were saying earlier he was already changed, weren't you? No, like, like he from demon mon or whatever. Yeah, he he's changed from demon to daemon, but I still like daemon better than creepy mon. <laughs> like yeah, daemon is dude's... also like that. Daemon is a term that is used in like you know mythology or whatever to like describe yeah demons like so it still works it's just more obscure it, it does work yeah i just think that yeah. like the simplicity the elegant simplicity of demon just is so good for me it's because he's supposed to be the, the leader of the the eight lords of hell in this uh canon yeah <laughs> fun fact is. this was like the first like demon lord we see like and it's ultimately like very uneventful i would say but hey cool also yeah they didn't really play into that and yeah he doesn't even take off his cloak <laughs> oh yes, I I was looking him up on the wiki earlier because I was wondering who voices him, and um, I said we'll get back to that. And he, yeah, he's um, uh, he has an over, he has like a normal form, and then like we only see his mantled form uh, here, which is uh, the form he has when he wears the cloak, I guess. So he's got the know. drip, I gotta say. He probably should show up again in this show, and like you know, have that proper form. You know, B, and then well, unless we see a like, zero two sequel, we are never seeing him again. He is just done forever. Um, 
Isn't he in Try? I think he appears very briefly in Try, but like you're kidding okay. me. Just like that's, just like that's, how the, that's fake. Just like that's how the propaganda. Dark Masters appear in Try, and they're just Bad. glorified cameos. This right, is, okay. this is so a CIA psyop too. I, I thought I heard him in in Try, but like I I didn't know the context for it, so I just assumed. I don't know why I assumed, but I thought he was like a, a reason because I was like, why would you bring him back once? <laughs> but uh, but no, okay, fair enough. Just a cameo. Um. Okay, so the voice. I want to talk about the voice because I honestly thought the whole longest time watching these episodes, I thought this voice, because the time frames match up, I thought this was the same person that voiced um, Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic Adventure games. Like Dr. Eggman, if, you, if you're nasty. Um, oh, Mike Pollock? <laughs> uh, no, no, this is before oh, Mike Pollock. Pre-Mike uh, Pollock, right. Dean Bristow is the name of the person who voiced Yes, uh, oh, Eggman. I can... Ooh, I could sort of... I can see that, yeah. I can see how you would get confused on that. He has a very... His performance as, as Eggman, and it fits the character in those games as well, but, like, his performance is a lot... It's, it's like a more sinister version of the same kind of performance that Mike Pollock gives. Um, It's a it's a bit more like... Yeah. I'm trying to have some good examples, and it's like... Oh, oh there's the scene where, like, Tails is... He's saying, he's, he's saying to... Uh, it basically tricks Tails into telling into telling him that Tails has like the fourth Chaos Emerald or whatever. It's like because because you just told me Fox Boy or something like that. <laughs> um, I thought you were gonna bring up the one from Sonic Adventure where he says, "Now go before I make a mince meat out of you." To Tails, and it's like <laughs> super like edgy and like dangerous for a Sonic game. I just, I'm just, now I'm just freaking thinking of Damon doing the 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 Snap Cube Moon speech. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh no, that's... I'm here to make a public announcement. Yukio Oikawa is a bitch-ass mother. <laughs> Perfect. Oikawa pissed on my wife! <laughs> <laughs> he took his Tommy Wiseau friggin' dick out and he pissed on my friggin' wife. <laughs> I've come I... to make an announcement! <laughs> uh, so good. Oh, by the way, like I, I, I do recognize. I'm trying to do like, like fucking Eggman voice, and I realize it's coming across like a weird, fucked up, like a liquid snake from Metal Gear Solid. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't help that. I'm sorry. Um, but also, that's just... down, aren't we all just doing liquid snake voices? They try to, they try to ban- banish him to the digital world. And he just comes back. You fool! I have seventy alternative accounts. <laughs> 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 that's basic. That's literally his threat. Yeah. If you put me to the like, digital, I, feel like, world, I will yeah. have. I have several alternative accounts. Oh my god, that's like that's like the the shit post, right? It's just like they're coming up with their plan and like saying we can send him to the dark ocean. I don't know how we can do that. And meanwhile, he's just taunting them. <laughs> he's just swapped that line in. That's the shit post right there. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Send Perfect. It. Um. Yeah. I'll leave that with you, Scrafty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which feel free to make that if you want but, or don't don't worry about it <laughs> oh um also i have to give a shout out to twice used uh teapot shakuamon who has like the steam bursting from his head it was very yeah. funny i love that what's your his like bone party attack he's got now like i i that was very interesting i think this is the first time we're seeing that right we see we saw what i think this is the first time we've seen his like water attack or fire extinguisher attack or whatever the hell it's meant to be oh yeah. that wasn't attack that was because he absorbed the fire and he's a little teapot and he's, oh. and he's blowing smoke he's blowing steam letting you know tea is ready 
Right. Okay. I'm. I mustn't have been watching close enough. Right. Okay. No. That. That. My bad. My bad. Um. But that's very clever. Then. I, I really like that a lot. Also, do you want to hear the gayest thing in this series so far? Oh, complete. Oh, the dub was already pretty gay. I took notes on all of that. That was super. So go for it. I'm just gonna throw out a really safe guess and just say this has got to do with a scene where like Davis is encouraging Ken not to it, lose his mind. It absolutely does, but not just that. But after after the, after that scene happens in, in the in the sub, okay. his speech is about like uh, not losing yourself to the darkness, and you. I know you have that light within you, and whatever. And then afterwards, Yoli remarks that it was Davis's uh, gentle heart giving Ken warmth. <laughs> and then and then Kari says, yes, it looks like Daisuke made Ken's fear disappear. Man, how did Yoli and Ken even end up together? <laughs> Very sweet. But also, yeah, That's, extremely gay. That, that whole <laughs> I love that moment. Can I quote the, uh, the English line? Because I thought it was very good. Go for it. Go ahead, yeah. Davis says, I know you have a lot of pain and confusion inside of you over the things you did as the Digimon Emperor, but you're not that person anymore, Ken. You thought the digital world was a game. You didn't realize that you were hurting living creatures, but you paid for your mistakes. We wouldn't be here, be where we are without your help. You can't keep beating yourself up for all the things you did in the past, Ken. Like this is this is some straight up boyfriend stuff. Like it's very good. It's very it's very sweet as it's, well. It's, like it's yeah. It's a it's even at like a face value. Even like not like just messing and joking. Like haha, they're gay. Like for I mean, first of all, straight up they are. But like it's such a good like <laughs> Davis line in relation to Ken and like how their development has really occurred simultaneously and like in parallel to each other. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really good. Or at least, like, I don't know if I call it development for Davis, but it's, like, a nice reflection of, like, who that character is. Uh, or, you know, or I, like, he is... I mean, is, at he, least in the dub, he developed from being, like, a toxic masculine, like, man-child to, like, hey, I can yeah. show emotions now other than, like, anger and jealousy and <laughs> be okay with it. So, he's he's trying. He's bad at making friends, but, like, once he feels more secure about it, I guess, he kind of, you know... He lets he kind of lets his he lets his uh, normal flag fly. I guess it's the best way. To <laughs> um, he yeah, it's a really sweet scene. Um, I really liked it. I thought it had a very good like, you know, um, yeah. Again, you you mentioned it already uh, a few times now, but like yeah, Derek Stephen Prince just like doing some good uh, some good anime cries there. So <laughs> very very good. Very good shit there. Yeah, I feel Again, bad I for just, like I, his voice after that session because that like <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's yeah, that's what they, that's what they're trained to do, I guess. It's but yeah, even so, like oof. um, the I I just love any anything any. It's one of my favorite tropes is when you have like this sort of thing where they're basically like banishing someone to sort to like another realm or whatever. It reminds me a lot of like um. Oh, okay, bear with me here. It's been a while, but I'm busting out the Doctor Who references again. Um, this oh, no. Is, this is the ending of uh, Doomsday, which is the last episode. Well, no, it isn't, but like it's meant to be the like, last episode with uh, Rose Tyler, who's like the first companion in the rebooted show. And they have a plan of like, all these Cybermen have just swarmed in from another dimension to take over London. And then all these Daleks have swarmed in from like the gap between dimensions to take over everything else as well and they're like fighting and gunning people down in the middle of london and so on and then the doctor has a plan of like oh what if we just like reverse the like pull of the gap between universes they came in from 
and then they're like, oh, but we might get sucked in as well. <laughs> so like they have a plan where like they're having to like suck in all these Daleks and and Cybermen back through like the void hole or whatever. But like the Doctor and Rose might also get thrown back through the void hole. So they're like having to hold on to DLI on the side of the walls to make sure they don't get pulled in. Um, and uh, it kind of reminds me of that sort of thing where like you're having to go through a lot of trauma to send this like villain back to the depths of hell from whence they came. <laughs> and I just love that kind of concept. It's so, it's so good. So I want to point out that in in the sub, when when um, Daemon's being sucked through the the gate, he explicitly says, "The dark ocean," but Dagomon will, and then it gets cut off. So I was like, well, "What? What's he gonna do? <laughs> what's what's he <laughs> gonna do to you?" That's that's kind of ominous and creepy. Like, what's the Lord of Hell afraid of that Dagomon could do to him? So there's like yeah, obviously I mean, there's an there's an ex, there's a there's a um there's an implication there that they were going to pick up some of the plot threads right they were going to do some of the stuff that was originally intended for the Dark Ocean right because wasn't Dagomon like one of the Dagomon's basically yeah, like Dagomon was right? like the yeah he's like the Cthulhu like the Lord of the Dark Ocean yeah so they would have picked that up again which I'm glad they left that out of the dub because I don't want that they they ended I don't know like. They didn't really, but like they brought back the Dark Ocean to use it as like a one-time plot device thing, in a way that like feels kind of neat. So having that extra line adds a lot more to it that just makes it feel like it's not being fully used again. If that makes sense, I'm not. I'm not really. Yeah, I guess I'm well. just. I'm just like. I'm. I'm a bit spooked thinking like, what? What could this like the literal like strongest evil Digimon in existence be afraid of? <laughs> that Dagomon could do to him. I guess. Yeah. Although we did I get, guess we'll have just, to wait it, for Digimon Adventure Zero Two try, so <laughs> uh, he did just get he did just he did just get like over uh basically defeated by a bunch of teenagers, so he's not that he's not that um you know remarkable, but sure, yeah. Daemon I don't know. I wish they'd solved Daemon's like threat level more. I don't know. But but yeah, I guess we've we, we I guess we've touched on that. So I love how at the end, I know you brought it up earlier in like the recap, but Oikawa was just like, oh no, things aren't going well. And he just straight up like runs off and like just straight <laughs> up like punks. Everyone just like runs past them. No one can catch him. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. The the, the runaway the runaway there. Yeah. He like goes through the bushes, goes in the car, is like, hurry, step on. I'm like, you guys are all idiots. How'd you get outrun by this like 50 year old man? <laughs> I just tweeted it out because I was like so in love with that fucking scene that I just like did a, did a capture of it and was just like, it, 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 check out this fucking run. <laughs> it reminds me of in, uh, in the Simpsons, the, 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 uh, the B Sharps episode with, uh, um, where they find out that Chief Wiggum is is in disguise trying to get back in the band. He goes, "Looks like this bird's gonna fly," and just like dives <laughs> out the window. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good sprint. Um, uh, props him for doing that because I was just like, "How the fuck is he gonna get out there?" And I thought it was gonna be like Mummymon and Arakemimon, like pick him up in the van or whatever, or like they've somehow <laughs> brought their idiot mobile into the real world and then that. But no, no, he just <laughs> runs away. <laughs> he just runs off. Like, just like it's 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 very Scooby Doo in the best way. Yeah, it's totally it's it's the Hanna Barbera. Like I, I can't even pretend to like mimic that sound effect, but you know the you know the one I'm talking about. Like the I, one I, where... I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, the bongo yeah. drum run. Yeah, yeah, yeah the bongo drum run. He's literally that, doing that. Yeah, exactly. So that that'll be that's good. Yeah, 
Arakawa makes a really good impression over these first few episodes for as, yeah, for as undercooked as he is. So, the, yeah, so, um, the ending here is kind of interesting because I honestly felt like I remember there being, like, a direct link between, like, this scene here, which I do remember, like, Daemon fighting the kids at night time in Heights and View Terrace. I thought there was, like, a that just basically led directly into the very sort of climax of this of the show um the fight with you know who i guess um and um it doesn't they go home and like you know do all the shit so that kind of surprised me but uh i guess that means we've got more to look forward to yeah um so i i genuinely i genuinely don't remember how this show like progresses from this point forward other than where it's leading and i don't mean the epilogue i just mean like the final fight and the ramifications after all the end of that so i'm really looking forward to that that genuinely because this not because this is good but because it's unpredictable <laughs> i suppose <laughs> the, yeah the thing. yeah we don't know where we're going from here on now it's just all a wild roller coaster ride i can't wait yeah I also, uh, all the, the Dark Spores kids just straight up have, like, Agent 47 barcodes on them. <laughs> That's, like, very funny to me. Like, like, how do their parents be like, hey, like, what? Hey, hey, Jimmy, why do you have this barcode on you? Oh, no reason. Tommy was so gay. Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> Tommy was so gay. It's, ah, no! <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, um... I did not scan them. I did not. <laughs> Ship it. <laughs> Good evening, 47. Your target <laughs> is... Um, no, I can't do the fucking joke. Let's just wrap this is, up. I've is got, Davis Modamia? Yeah, Davis Modamia. Why not? Or, you know... Day, Daemon. Yeah. I think this is the part of the episode last last time when I randomly started talking about Yogi Bear, so you can probably tell where my mind's at right now, so... I might just uh, yeah. I think I think that's me done for this for this set of episodes. Um, unless anyone else. Last has note: else. I can't believe uh, June Motomiya and Mimi Tajikawa are sisters-in-law now. Really wild. Oh yes, there was that. I was going to bring she's that in, up. She's into gym now. It. I decided against bringing up. You already knew <laughs> I was going to cause chaos. I was going to cause even, problems on purpose. I didn't even think of that. I just every single time like June gets brought up in this show, I'm just kind of like. Ugh. She's kind of the worst and also the best. She's so I like fast. how she's just like he saved someone else, and she was just like standing there, like about to die, like be like, "Hey, Matt, I'm about to die. Please save me." And Matt's just like, "Oh, hey, Sora, do you need saving?" I feel like the show thinks it has way more capital than it does to like have an idiot, ditzy girl character in it because, like, yeah, okay, you did Mimi, and that was and that was great, and you know, you you've got other good female characters like like. Kari and ULA and so on, but like, okay, A, Sora, <laughs> and B, like, that still doesn't mean you can just do like a really stereotypical, like, almost like Valley Girl style, <laughs> you know, like, I'm an interested in boys and auto boys. Mm. Like, it doesn't really afford you <laughs> that. I'm not interested so... in boys, I'm interested in men. <laughs> well, that's what she said. Yeah, she's she's. I mean, yeah, she she's only into older boys now because Matt's a, a baby child because he didn't <laughs> save her life. Yeah, because he's interested in a girl he actually knows and didn't like. Leave he's interested abandoned. in a cardboard <laughs> cutout. <laughs> didn't leave abandoned <laughs> on the road that one time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Jim would treat her better. 
Yeah, he, he would. would. He would. Jim Jim respects his drink or Jim drinks his respect women juice. He also respects his respect women juice. I really don't like that phrase. <laughs> you read? No, I don't like that at all. That's not which cool. which one? No, the the women respect juice. That doesn't sit the well. The respect with me. women juice. That's been buddy. That's been I, I, a I know, for a while. I know. I've seen it around, but I've not had a venue to like express how much that really fucking creeps me out. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying you creep me out. I'm saying that phrase creeps me out. I don't know why. Anyway, sorry. Okay, that's, that's my hot take. I think that's it for these episodes. Uh, that was a lot. It was a lot. That was plenty to talk about. I am surprised we made it and we survived because it really went off the rails by the time uh, Let Me Try and Open the Dark Ocean Gate came in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They got him. So, uh, Scrafty, because, uh, you know, we're, we're running a little long, just a little bit. We're, we're hitting... Uh, your the listener's favorite uh, blockbuster movie length. Uh, do you want to let us know where you can send in reader mail? Especially since coming up, we got a lot of big stuff. The uh, end of the series, we, we'd love to hear uh, people's so thoughts and experiences. We actually do have one email this week. Do we want to we read that now do. or save it for next one next time? I'm gonna vote Let's, save it for next okay. time. <laughs> I'm gonna vote for save it for next time, and I'm very sorry, listener, only because we're at two hours and eighteen minutes. It's pretty long. <laughs> I want I want to dedicate uh, enough time for this reader mail. Very well. So if you want to add to the the queue and send us some more reader mail um, for next week, you can send that into digiNovacast at gmail dot com. That's digiNovacast at gmail dot com. So we. Love hearing mail. Uh, it's one of our favorite parts of doing it. Unfortunately, we didn't quite have the time to do it this week since we're a bit uh, pressed for, for for time. But but we will always give it the amount of attention and care that it's due. Uh, we care a lot about every single person who, who takes the time to send us in uh, reader mail. Uh, so please do, especially if you have thoughts on the upcoming developments, including the epilogue, which I know a lot of people have very... Um, complicated feelings on to put things diplomatically yeah we're we'll probably do something uh like we'll make a tweet like closer to when we're like recording that episode but uh we we got some last time with adventure i i would love to hear people's thoughts and experiences and like whatnot with zero two so if you yeah. want to send those in and and save have those ready for when we covered the last episode in the epilogue it would mean the world i because i love hearing like what people think about this show yeah. and like it's many different seasons. I, I'm not expecting as much because I feel like this is the unfortunate uh, happenstance of being sandwiched between the two best known seasons of the show. Yes. Like season one is the one that everyone grew up with. Season three is the best one that still holds up really well today. Season two is kind of the one that people only have vague half memories of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that said, Scrafty, do you want to give us a quick clue of what you've been up to lately? Uh, for sure. And where so, can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScraftyDevil. Um, haven't done so much since uh, last time uh, we podcasted. Uh, I'm currently looking for other ways to uh, engage myself since uh, lockdown has had an impact on my job yet again. This is the third time <laughs> that... Um, you know, thing, things have slowed down because of uh, restrictions. So, 
A word of advice to anyone listening, uh, don't get into TV if you like stable income, because it fluctuates a ton based on, because you have to have, like, an entire crew of people if anyone wants to work. Uh, but that being said, um, mostly just been doing some reading and, and movie watching lately. Uh, I forgot to mention it last week, but I, I did see another movie recently, uh, and I'm actually reading the book for it right now as well. It's the, the newest, uh, Charlie Kaufman film, um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Ooh. Okay. If you're if anyone listening is familiar with Charlie Kaufman, you probably know what to expect. It's very weird, very psychological. Does not care one iota about explaining itself, so you're probably going to have to either watch it a few times or, you know, this is one of the few times I wouldn't blame anyone for watching one of those ending explained videos because it goes off the rails in the last twenty minutes. In a good way. But yeah, it's it was super good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm reading the book now because I I someone told me that the book uh, does a better job of kind of grounding the themes. Uh, and the themes are really intriguing to me, so I wanted to give that a look. Uh, the book is really scary, though. I wasn't expecting that. Like, I I know that seems weird, because, like, horror book is kind of an oxymoron for a lot of people. Like, I know a lot of people who are adamant about the idea that books can't be scary, because, you know, you always have the full control to just stop, like, reading, or just stop, like, you know, subjecting stuff to that. You can skip ahead if you want to see what happens or whatever. Um... I feel like this this book is really good at being kind of gradually like it's a gradual ramp up to really scary moments that kind of come out of nowhere and take you by surprise. So it's very excellent for that. The movie itself is not scary at all. It's just the book that has these moments in it. Um, the movie is more kind of melancholy, like takes those moments that are terrifying and um, anxiety inducing in the book and kind of turns them into sad, like baffling moments instead. And I think that works for the, what the movie is going for. But I am glad for that. Um, slight tone shake up in the in the book as well. It's made for some good stuff. Uh, other than that, the only thing I really have to say is um, I was on my No More Heroes racket for a while last year. I uh, tried to convince everyone who wasn't into it to to finally give it a chance, especially since No More Heroes three is confirmed to be coming out this August. Uh, now you have a great chance if you are someone who loves physical media and owning physical media because. No, uh, as of time of recording, uh, both of the first two No More Heroes games are being given physical releases on Switch via limited run games um, this coming weekend. I think they'll be up for pre-order for a full month, so you have lots of time to debate over whether or not you want it. Uh, my personal advice is if you get either of them, get the second one physical because it comes with a soundtrack. And the second game has maybe one of the best soundtracks I've ever heard in any media. Like, not just games, just any media in general. So definitely worth owning if you still got any kind of device that can play CDs, or if you just want high quality, you know, MP3 rips um, that you can take from the CD. So yeah, that's that's my that's my spiel for for this week. Uh, play no more heroes, watch Charlie Hoffman movies, and uh, have a great week, everyone. What about you, Tom? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at ColdManHot. Uh, well, or. 2020 tom is my uh, screen name there so feel free to uh give me a follow give me a shout or whatever if you want to chat about obviously digimon but also anything else that comes to mind um i haven't been up to too much um i've just started playing uh Nugia on switch um i know sloan you've been playing that as well um and i think it's bloody great it's it's kind of a weird thing to get into at first um i think some of its mechanics are a little lot of could maybe be explained a little better um, although there is a really good how to play guide which I just had no idea existed at first um, I it's basically like Among Us but single player like that, that that feels reductive to say you haven't played the game but like it's 
I feel like it's a good explanation of what you're dealing with here. You have a you have a uh, a cast of characters who will uh, some of whom will be aliens in disguise and who will be murdering people uh, day by day. Then they'll murder one person every night, and you have to vote out. You have to basically all decide on one person to put into cold sleep, so that you can, uh, you know, hopefully eliminate one of the person who is who has been infected with the nausea, which is again that's that's the alien thing. That's you know, um, if more than half the half the people on the ship left are nausea, uh, or you know half or more, I should say, then you lose. If you manage to uh, shut down the nausea and lock them all away into cold sleep, you win. Um, uh if uh and there's other conditions as well but it's all wrapped around like there's a there's a, a vn element where it's got some gorgeous art and there's all these different events and so on the characters are really cool really well designed uh like visually and also just like their personalities and such the writing's really fun um barring some there, there are some there is some unfortunate content in there but like there is uh i understand they're going to be patching out some of the more uh egregiously offensive parts i guess um but yeah this is uh other than that one caveat i'd say it's definitely worth a go um but yeah that's all i've been playing lately beyond just the usual like animal crossing uh started playing some vr stuff a bit more uh got trying to get back into ring fit as well but that's kind of what i've been up to so so yeah uh i will pass over to you Sloan. so if you want to find me find me at Sloan result on twitter uh Always happy to talk about the digital good times with everyone. Uh, I've been up to Persona Five Royale. I'm in September. That's still uh, that's still fun. If it also takes me like a hundred more hours, uh, I've also been playing Doja, which is still interesting. As Tom said, uh, they're thankfully passing out some of the kind of not as great stuff. So I'm really happy about that fact. Uh, but what I have been getting into in the past few days is like every eight to ten months. I get back into uh into the breach like really hardcore. Uh, it's the other game made by the creators of FTL, which I think I kind of like more just because it's much better at pick up and play stuff. Like you can have really quick playthroughs. So I've been playing like a bunch of that over the past few days, and that game whips. That game is awesome. I definitely recommend it. I kind of want to double dip on Switch so I can play and unlock stuff again there because it rules. Like it is just such a, a fun game to just be like, okay, like let me do a few quick playthroughs, like. We'll see how they go. But yeah, I'm really enjoying that game. That's a good game, and I'm really happy to get back into it and continue playing it some more. Other than that, that's really just it. I still have plenty of RPGs to go through, which I'm sure I will just update people as I continue to go on. But yeah, simple stuff, really. Yeah, what was that game you were talking about? Sorry, I missed, I missed the name. Into the Breach. It's the other oh, the, yes. the other game made by the FTL devs. So Ooh, good. I is- I honestly think I love it more than FTL. Like, FTL is a fantastic game, but it's... Games take longer, it's a lot more involved. I like how uh, Into the Breach is just so quick and easy and to play it really simply. Just also incredibly cool, like, sci-fi, like... Yeah, storytelling through even even it's got it's got very good aesthetic to it. Yeah, exactly. It's really it's 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 so cool, but it's also hard as hell. So yeah, (laughs) I need need to go back. I need to get back. (laughs) It is. Do a proper. You should. It's good. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So next week we're covering episodes forty six and forty seven. Got some more surprises in store for everyone. It's gonna be good. Hopefully, we'll see. 
And so that's been our show. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.